just uh, let the people know what you've been, if there's anything really interesting you've been, I, I, I do see here, Deep Rock Galactic. Now, that's a, that's a game preview game that came out last year. Still in game preview. Are you preview. looking at my playlist? I'm looking at, no, I'm, lo- I'm looking at what you typed on the 8th, which is like literally last week. Oh my god, I forgot that I played, I actually forgot that I played Deep Rock So, I, I'm curious about Deep Rock Galactic, because I played it when it hit game preview last year. Has it changed a lot since then? It has changed a ton since then. However, I didn't play it for very long, because the server issues that were present when it first launched are still there. <laughs> so, um, I was like, you know what, I thought this would have been fixed by now, I'm not going to play it. So, like, if you don't know, like, sometimes it's peer-hosted matchmaking, right? And um, sometimes the game just gets stuck for, like, anywhere between 10 and 20, 30 seconds, and you get this massive lag spike. And then the game that's basically left for dead in space with mining, getting stuck for 20 seconds is no good. Yeah, I know, right? You get swarmed. You get swarmed by little bug creatures. So even though they've added loads of endgame stuff, loads of things to unlock, new biomes which look gorgeous, new enemies which are really interesting, new weapons and all that sort of stuff, it's still laggy as hell. So unfortunately, I can't play it, which is a damn shame. So Microsoft, if you want to buy Deep Rock Galactic Studio and put them on Azure, do it for me. Well, they My did, they did own the studio at one point. Remember? Yeah. When it was, uh, they were part of that... Uh... I forget the name. Press play or press play. Yeah, press yeah. play game. So, so yeah, the Big Rock Galactic was Project Dwarka on the press play games, and instead of I vote for Project Dwarka, because what they did was they held a vote. They asked the community for press play games to vote on three concepts, and they would make the game. One of them went on to become Trail Ma- Trail Makers, which actually launched last week which is basically like a sort of building game where you can make helicopters and all sorts of weird and wacky stuff. That that released last week, and I never actually played that. Um, so there's that game, which also came out of Press Play showing down. And then ha- half of the Press Play team went off and made that, and the other half of the team went off and made um, Deep Project Walker, which is Deep Rock Galactic. And uh, Project Walker seems to have been, like, by far the most popular out of the three concepts that they tried to make. Like, the subreddit's really sort of active, and, you know, they've, I think they're on, like, update 25 now or something ridiculous. They've been working really hard to update that game, even though the server infrastructure is still garbage. So, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just me. I think if, if, you've, if you've got it, it's worth checking out again, because uh, mm-hmm. they have added tons of stuff. But if, like me, you suffer from the server problems that the game seems to have, um, you won't probably get very far in it. Uh, other than that, Rand, I've been playing. I'm gonna go. I've been playing a lot, so I'm gonna go through them quickly. All right. Okay. I've been playing. I've also been playing a game called Children of Morta. Ooh, Children of Morta. Which, which is uh, it's actually released on PC a while ago, but now it's out on Xbox Two. It's like a Diablo-style sort of roguelite. Like it's not. It's got this sort of like permadeath mechanic. Well, if you die in the dungeon, you have to start the dungeon again. The dungeons are procedurally generated. But, like, you, your characters don't permanently die or anything like that. It's more like... It's it's kind of um, it's kind of tricky to explain. When you die, it sort of progresses the story. It's weird. So, like, the game expects you to die. 
and then you can upgrade all your stuff and, and then give the dungeon another go and stuff like that. But every time you die, it's like you get more narrative. So it's kind of like almost a re- rewarding to die in a way. It's a bit strange like that. And um, it's basically like a family, a family of, uh, I think it's six people, six character classes to unlock. Like the father's a warrior, the daughter's a, an archer, and there's another daughter that's a mage and stuff like that. And you unlock them as the story progresses. The art style is like, it's pixel, it's like hand-drawn pixel style. It looks gorgeous. If, if you played Moonlighter, it's a similar style to that. It's the same devs too, 11-bit studios. Um, it's the, the com, it's the combat really. The combat feels so good. Like most games that try to riff on Diablo, like the, the combat never feels good enough to me. But Children of Mortar really nailed it. So if you like Diablo style games, check out Children of Mortar. It's very, very good. Um, and it will scratch that itch if, like me, you are refusing to play Blizzard games. And <laughs> you're waiting for Minecraft Dungeons. Um, I also played Frostpunk for Xbox. How does that run? Because that, that, that was the PC, like, strategy game, Tower Defense Force, right? Tower, tower Defense game, kind of. No, it's not no? Tower Defense. That's what someone no. told me. Uh, that it's like, no, it's not. Is, this, is it like no. a... Is it like a world? Is it a Warcraft game, like a, just an RTS of some kind, or no, no, no? Like Frostpunk's fairly unique. It's like it's not an RTS. It's it's a city building game first and foremost, but with survival elements. So like there's no there's no there's no tower defense because you, there's no there's nothing to defend against. The, the enemy is the cold, like the you know which is where it gets frost from its land, you know. So. It's set in post-apocalyptic Britain, and there's like a new ice age. And everything is getting progressively colder. There's blizzards and stuff like that. And there's like an infrared overlay, which you can activate by pressing the view key, which shows you how cold all, you, all of your citizens are and stuff like that. You have to like use steampunk technology to, to keep them warm. If they're not kept warm, they'll get frostbite, they'll lose limbs, they'll get depressed, and, you know, it's a pretty dark game. You know, I'm going to say it right now. And, like, there's, like, a whole upgrade tree and, like, you know, you can upgrade your hunters to get more food. You know, you can upgrade your um, thermal systems to get more heat. And you have to do that because it does progressively get colder. And also you can send scouts out into the wilderness and they can find food, survive, more survivors and stuff like that to join your colony. And you just sort of grow and try and survive as long as you can. Um it's extremely addictive, and it does run really well on Xbox 2. Um, it's only 1080p on the Xbox One X, but I think that might be due to, like, how complicated it can get. And also, I think the game's based on Unity as well. I think. I might be wrong about that. Which ain't the most optimal of engines in the world. But, um, in any case, it's very addictive. If you like city-building games, if you like survival games, definitely worth checking out. And it works really well with controller. Like, it doesn't have keyboard and mouse support. But, like, the controller controls are really, really good. Um, you, and that's uh, why the same devs as, um, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, uh, you finished what you called to me at one point perhaps the greatest video game ever made. Well, I didn't say that. Well, yes, you did. My, yes, you did. No, you no, no, said, no. I, said, you did. I said it might have been my favorite game. Well, okay, sure. Of, of course, it's obviously, uh, you know, something. Right, you said to me it might be my perfect video game. Yes, and that's what I said. And what is it? So let the people know. What is? What do you think? And what game are we talking about? What your perfect video game was or is or? 
after finishing I finally completed The Last of Us, which Ooh. I've been playing for like a few months. And um, overall, I absolutely loved it, like most people. But, oh man, it's hard to really talk about it without going into spoilers. But I was not a fan of the ending, put it that way. Yeah, you, 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 like said, you, you said you thought the ending sucked me, is what, is what your exact words were. <laughs> You're like, I love The Last of Us, but this ending is horrible. And I'll, he's like, you, and, then well, and then you, you, you said... I hope God of War's ending is better than this. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it's it wasn't just the ending. It was like the whole final act of the game felt kind of rushed to me. And, you know, it, remi- it reminded me of, like, it almost reminded me of Mass Effect 3 and, and Metal Gear Solid, where it's like the developers were like, oh, actually, we need to finish this game now. And that kind of rushed to the finish line. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like... I know that that might that's going to be controversial for some people to hear, but and I honestly don't know what the critic reception is like for that game. Like I don't know how other people felt about the last part of the game, but I was just like when I got when I got to the very end, I was kind of like oh, that was a little bit anticlimactic. But I suppose it's not really in a destination when you think of the the game as in its entirety. Like the whole game in its entirety. It was amazing. And, like, there's so many memorable moments, like, right from the start, that not many games can sort of replicate. Like, the writing, the animation. Like, even by... That game's pretty old now, but even by today's standard, most games don't get to that level of animation quality. It just makes it so much more immersive. Yeah, yeah. I, just wish, I just wish the final act was a bit more interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I got to shout out the one and only Dealer Gaming for the super chat. He says, "Support these people. Let's get some super chats going." Thanks, uh, thanks, Dealer, for uh, you know for, for for being one of my one of my best friends out there. Like I know uh, the YouTube streets can be uh, the YouTube streets out there. You know, people are always looking to stab each other in the back. But Dealer, Colt, uh, Zocker. You know, my buddy, you know, Maka91, you know, who are all YouTubers, like, I talk to these guys every single day. Uh, you know, they're they're great people and even better friends. So I appreciate it, uh, dealer. Um, now, go complete more games so we can lord that over Zalker at the end of the year where he's only completed five and we've completed, like, 50, you know? Anyways. Man, I've, I don't know if I've even completed five this year. It's depressing. I'm 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 up to a lot. I, I play a lot and I beat a lot of games. Um, yeah, but you play things like Barbie's Horse Adventures for Chivo. You have so. a problem with that? I, I mean, I do. If you're trying to pad the numbers, man. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't count something like Barbie Horse Adventures on a completed list. <laughs> I never have. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. But uh, d- dude, Rand, that's not even like that's not even all the games I've been playing. So I played Frostpunk, Daybreak Galactic again, a little bit. Children of Mortar, which actually, actually I'm playing right now, because I, I still need to review it. Um, I also... Oh, crap. Can you still hear me? Yes, I hear you. I need to turn that off. Stupid. Because I had to wipe my computer last week because of a bird update. But, um, so Blizzard made me sad. And we'll talk about that later. I made a lot of the internet sad. So I uninstalled World of Warcraft, unsubscribed, and I thought, I ain't going to give these people money anymore. So I decided to check out another MMO, which I've been meaning to try out for a long time. 
uh, Final Fantasy XIV, which is on PlayStation and PC. Okay. Have you ever... Are you, are you into Final Fantasy? Of course you are. You I mean, Final Fantasy I was at some point, yeah. I mean, have you ever considered playing Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, no, never. Never considered it once. Why not? I don't really care for MMOs, dude. I, I, they're not my type of thing. I, I, I don't, they don't, they don't appeal to me. I don't know what else to say, but, um, like, That's fair enough. any of them, like the Elder Scrolls Online or Neverwinter and all that stuff, like, I do not yeah. care about any of that stuff. And Well, like, I, I couldn't stand Elder Scrolls Online. I know it's very popular, but, like, at low level, the combat is so boring, so easy. Like, you can literally, like, kill everything. Just, like, you, you can lift I was planning to get the two fingers. Like, you don't even have to think. Ooh, because you're, uh, you're bought in hardcore, bro. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's fine. Even now? Yeah. Oh. Okay. My uh, you, on the yeah, you're still, you're still bought in hardcore. Oh, yeah, I can see the red button now. Ah! This is so typical. Uh, I'll try. I'll try disconnecting and reconnect. All right. You do that, and I'll keep the people entertained. So, while we're waiting for Jez to get back, um, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you saw my interaction today on Twitter. That was uh, that was pretty fun. I, I I don't necessarily like doing that, but it had to be done. Um. But while Jez is gone, um Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you now. Is it better? Uh yeah, it's better. Yeah, sorry about that guys, it's a problem with doing it live. Uh, no. Actually no it's not. Damn it. That's uh, annoying. Yeah, you're uh-huh. not, you're botting hardcore, bro. Do you wanna switch to Skype maybe? Uh, I mean, we'd have to, like, restart everything over again. Would we? Yeah. I didn't use an expert. No, I'm using OBS. You can just add that as an audio source, I think. Mm. Hang on a sec. Sorry about this, guys. Now, this seems like a Discord problem, because my internet's fine. It's the first time I've actually heard you, this uh, body. Well, I say 125 milliseconds on this code. I don't know. People say, um, why don't you uh, leave, the, leave the, uh, the, the call and then rejoin? Uh, Spider-Man with the Super Chat says, Death Stranding states, Death S states that it takes 20 hours before it gets good. What are your thoughts on Dev making fans grind through a game that long before excitement starts? Um, I mean, Days Gone was very similar to me. Like, Days Gone was a game that I was not enjoying until about 14 hours in. And I think it's part of the reason why... Oh, God, he won't connect. Yeah, you're connected. Man, Discord's so annoying. Merc is saying to uh, tell, uh, switch Discord servers in the settings. Oh, yeah, I can try that. One second. 
Yeah, but for me, Days of Dawn was a game kind of very similar. Like, it actually didn't get good until 14 hours in. Um, and that really did impact my enjoyment of the game because it never got to the point where, like, that game was utterly amazing where getting through the first 12 hours was worth it. It almost really wasn't. Uh, so I guess it all depends for Death Stranding. Like, if the game, if the first 20 hours are just pedestrian and setting up everything that comes after, and then everything after that is, like, top-notch, then maybe it's worth it. But I can't really see, I can't think of any game that really, even, like, Final Fantasy XIII. If you guys remember when Final Fantasy XIII came out, Everybody was like, listen, you need to play through the first 20 hours before it actually gets good. And I did so, and yeah, the first 20 hours of that game weren't very enjoyable. And, like, I think the whole entire game suffered for it. So we'll see how Death Stranding um, plays out. But, well, Jez is uh, fixing his internet or switching Discord servers or whatever we're doing here. Um Let's see, what did I play? I played uh, Grid, which I did a review about. I, uh, I, I don't know about this game. I don't know about this game. I, I, uh, it's, it's not good. Uh, it has, it has things that are good about it, but overall the entire package is is very boring. Um, and I played some other stuff. Yes. Sorry. Um, it says you have to switch the podcast server. As the host. Oh, you're actually, uh, your voice is sounding better. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, better. the green bars have gone back up. Hmm. That's, that's the first time I've ever heard you, uh, uh, have an issue. Sounds like you're good, though. Yeah, it really happens on my end. But anyway, um, tell, tell us what you've been playing while I've saved my connections stabilized. I played Grid, which I did a review about. I gave it a 6.8. Um, I think in an, a year where there's no Forza game or Gran Turismo game, they have, like, a chance to hit a, a good market, but I think they failed. Um, I don't think the game's very good. I think it's quite boring the way everything is structured. Not a lot of cars can upgrade them. You can't tune them. Uh, and it just ends up being this boring, monotonous, uh, grind to unlock the championship. So I wait for that game to be 30 bucks if you're really into racing games. I also played a game called Debris Infinity, which is a Geometry Wars like clone available for five bucks. It's actually pretty decent. Uh, so if you're into that style of game, like a Geometry War and twin stick shooter, uh, it's pretty good price. I'd, uh, you know, check that out. Uh, I played, I finished Ghost Recon. I don't really think anything much about that game. Uh, It's kind of funny that game sitting at like a 50 Metacritic. I don't think it's as bad as a 50, but I wouldn't say it's any better than a 7. And my personal score probably is somewhere in the 6s. I like I I, that was one of the games I played as well, Ghost Recon, and I played it for a little while, and I was kind of enjoying it initially. And then I was just like, oh, I'm gone. This is the whole game. Yeah. That's, and, that's and then it. I just, yeah. It, then it just sort of felt shallow. You know, my buddy Gopher loves the game. Right? He's in chat already. He's he's upset. 
It says, tell the truth, Rand. He loves the game. Uh, Gopher, Gopher loves the game. I think he gave it an 8.5. I didn't love the game. There are there are good elements of the game, you know, that Ghost Recon does have. Taking down a base stealthily with your friend is great. John Berth and all in the cutscenes is great, and I enjoyed the multiplayer aspect of the game, like the actual Ghost War PvP stuff. Um, but man, a lot of the other stuff is just I didn't care for. <laughs> he says I loved it. No, 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 I didn't love it. You loved it, not me. Um, I um, I just I I wanted them to like if they're gonna have these survival elements and stuff, actually make them meaningful. Don't just put them in there so you can say, oh look, we're different from the division because we got this. Like they they weren't meaningful. Like, it was kind of cool how you could, like, roll around in the mud and get the stealth stuff and and that sort of thing. And, like, the the injury mechanics are kind of interesting the first couple of times you do it. And then it just feels arbitrary. Like, I think everything in the game just felt arbitrary and not really very deep. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just felt like everything was an excuse to not feel like the Division. Everything that was different from the Division. And then it just, and then I just kind of felt like, instead of playing this, I could be working on my division character instead. Which is, I don't know, kind of not what you really want for your game, I would have thought. Yeah, but so, we've kind of gone on yeah. long about what we've been playing. I know you're playing something, but I haven't talked to you if you can actually talk about it, so I'm not going to mention it. But you can if you want, uh, or if you're allowed I, to. I've been playing the Outer Worlds. Okay, he's been playing the Outer Worlds. I wasn't. Sure. I don't know. I I'm not sure if I can really talk about it that much. Like I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a preview embargo where you can like offer your initial impressions. I'd have to look at the. I'd have to look at the embargo list. But I have been playing it, and I will be reviewing it. And my review will be live next week. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. So I figured since we kind of had the issues and we were going a little bit long in the game stuff, I'll take this super chat question and we'll move on to the topics. Uh, so we got a question from Stanzy Crowd. One two one two. What was the most disappointing console that you've owned, in your opinion? The most disappointing console. Now that's very interesting. Um, see, I don't even know how I look at it like this because, like this generation right now, I own an Xbox One X. I have a PS4 Pro. I have a Nintendo Switch. I played like four games on the Switch. I played thirty games on the PlayStation, and who knows how many hundreds upon hundreds of games on Xbox, right? But then you go back, and it's like, okay, I had a 360 last gen, and I had all the systems the previous gen. Like, what system did I have that was my least favorite or the most disappointing? I um, I know mine, but it's for a dumb reason. What? What is um, it? Mine was probably the N64. Hmm. And that's not because... Say, and that's not because the console was bad. It's because the games were too expensive. <laughs> and I couldn't afford them. So I had like, whereas like the play, PlayStation games in the UK, for some, for whatever reason, they were, they were either really cheap or really easy to find secondhand. So you could buy them cheap. Whereas like, if you wanted to buy N64 games secondhand, at least where I lived, they were just, they were just still really expensive. And I don't know if it's just because there was less circulation or supply and demand kind of thing. But as a as a consequence, I only had like 
three or four games playing 64. And I was, I was just disappointed how expensive they were, which is uh, probably a dumb reason, because the console itself was, like, amazing. You know, I played Smash Brothers for a million years on that console. See, for me, I, I, I Sega CD, which wasn't really a platform, but it was an add-on, and Sega 32X were pretty disappointing. They didn't really have many games for it. Like, I had a Nintendo, and I had a, I had a Genesis, which I played a lot, but I also had the add-ons for it, and they, they were pretty terrible because they didn't have a lot. I mean, I had a GameCube and a PS2 and an Xbox, and I didn't really use the GameCube or the original Xbox that much, outside of, like, you know, Halo. Uh, like I said, even, like, right now, I've only, pl- I, I spent, you know, 300 or $400 on a Switch, I barely used it. Is that disappointing? But then again, I kind of knew I wasn't going to get a lot out of it when I bought it. So it's not disappointing. I was in the same boat with the OG Xbox. I only had, I think I had Halo for it and the Xbox version of Snake Eater. And then I bought the PlayStation 2 version of Snake Eater instead because it had, like, enhancements or something. Or was that the Xbox? Was it the other way around? I can't remember. But I only had like two games from my OG Xbox. Yeah. I barely used it either. But, PlayStation 2 had everything. So. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation 1 was an incredible console. Same with 2. I mean, I played a lot of Xbox because of Halo 2. I didn't. So, I mean, I guess like if you're looking at stuff I didn't the GameCube, probably. Because I only got the GameCube because it was 100 bucks and it had Resident Evil 4. That was it. But then eventually Resident Evil 4 came to other systems. So, I, I guess... Sega CD, 32X, and then then GameCube. Mm. But uh, moving on, let's uh, let's get into some of these topics, and we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with Mikey Barra, friend of the show. Mikey. We've had him on Mikey. here before. I've known him since 2015. That's when I first met him. Uh, talked to him quite a bit. Um, huge hardcore gamer, like. You want to talk about a hardcore gamer, like, Mike Ibarra is, the dude just bleeds games. And he bled Xbox, right? So, he put out on Twitter that he's leaving Xbox, uh, moving on to a new venture, which he hasn't talked about. Um, as for where I think he's going, I have two guesses, Jess. I have two. Because in my conversations with Mike over the years, He's mentioned, you know, that uh, basically, you know, he would only go to a couple companies outside of Xbox. Like, the dream jobs, right? If they came a-calling, you'd really consider leaving. Um, One being Nintendo, which is right down the street from Redmond. The other being Blizzard. Uh, Mike is a huge Blizzard fan. Uh, World of Warcraft changes his life, all that stuff. So... If I had to guess where he's going, I'd say it's one of those two, but I'm going to put my money on, on Blizzard. But I think it's a big loss for Xbox. Um, he's been there quite some time. I mean, a lot of, even a lot of people know what he did. Like, he signed a lot of different games when he was kind of like manager studio. Uh, he, he like managed some of the studio stuff, like he signed Sunset Overdrive and worked on Gears and stuff like that before he moved into some of the hardware stuff where he was like head of, uh, well, you remember what he was head of? I don't know, like the exact exact title. Head of platform. He was head of the platform stuff for quite some time. Then he eventually transitioned to like head of engagement, specifically Xbox Live, Mixer, 
and Game Pass. And obviously Game Pass is Microsoft's big uh, gaming subscription service for the future. Xbox Live is what it is. I mean, we don't really need to say more about it. And, of course, Mixer. Um, I do find it a little weird he's leaving now uh, after they brought in Ninja to Mixer in August. Two months later, Mike leaves. I didn't think that that I, I do think that's a little bit weird, um, but maybe an offer came in from one of these companies and he was just like you know, you know what, it's time to move on. I I think it's a little disappointing he's not saying to to Scarlet or whatever. But what do you, what do you think about this, Jazz? What do you think about Mike leaving? I mean, first of all, like I echo your comments and Mike's an awesome guy. Like every time I saw him at a show, I said this on Twitter. Every time I saw him at a show, he was he was helping like indies. Indie bloggers, indie YouTubers, or small YouTubers, indie devs, helping like, he was a big fan of helping like, you know, people who needed a leg up. Like he helped me back in the day to get interviews and, you know, made PR mad by letting, letting people in who, you know, PR would have said was probably would have been a waste of time, like me, maybe. <laughs> but, um, you know, that that was Mike in Nutshell, just kind of like a charitable guy. Um, I, I personally, I don't know for sure, but I've uh, I I would put my money on Blizzard right now, which is a pretty unfortunate time to join them. But, or maybe know. it's the best time. Maybe he's just like, you know what, you guys need me, cut that yeah. check, and uh, I'll, I'll make everything better because <laughs> they got well, issues of their own. Yeah, well. I don't think Jay, what's his name? Jay Allard Brack, uh, the current Blizzard president, ain't doing a particularly great job. And that, that's ultimately wherein lies the issue with Mike and Xbox. I think, like, Mike had gone as far as he could go in Xbox without taking Phil's job. And I think, like, like you say, Mike's a hardcore gamer, which means he's ambitious, you know. And, um, you know, without taking Phil's job, which he probably didn't want to do, there wasn't very much room for him to go higher, you know, unless he moved to, like, office or something like that, which, as we know, probably ain't really Mike's MO. So I think that's I think that's maybe behind the, re- the reasons, but, you know. And uh, like you say, maybe just... I, I know a lot of people from Microsoft who have a dream of working at Blizzard, because, you know, a lot of people grew up playing those games and there's a lot of passion and emotion attached to Blizzard. I know I've got a lot of passion for Blizzard. Um, so, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. Um, but, uh, I forgot where I was going with this, actually. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, you are, you're right in the sense that they're not, there wasn't a lot of uh, vertical movement. Like, he, he basically reported to Phil. Uh, so, the, the only, like, promotion he could possibly get was uh, Phil's, you know, Phil's job, which isn't really going to happen. But I do, I do wonder, I, I do kind of question, you know, you look at, let, let's just look at like the two Mixer co-founders left also this month. Now, yeah, normal, true. it's probably like, hey, you can't leave until X amount of years after the acquisition's over. Standard stuff when companies buy other companies, right? And so they both leave. Mike, who's the corporate vice president of Mixer, leaves. It, I don't know. It's like you just bring in Ninja, who's supposed to, like, boost up the service. Are they related? I, it, Maybe. I, I don't really Maybe think – I, I think Xbox Live is doing well. It's bringing a lot of money. 
although it's ha- it has been having a lot of issues lately. I mean, let's not sugarcoat things here. It's been down quite a bit, more so than usual. Party chat doesn't really work. It works, but sometimes there can be issues. I mean, but then again, I'm in the alpha program, uh, preview program, so maybe some of that's due to that. And you look at Game Pass, which is an investment in the long term. Like, it's not supposed to make money now. It's supposed to make money, uh, like, five, six years from now. Mm-hmm. And then I look at Mixer, and I'm just like, I, I see the stuff, and I'm just like, I don't know about Mixer, Jez. Like, I, I think, know. like, a lot, a lot of, like, that sort of whole area, like, engagement and growth, it's all a really long play. Like, if Mixer's going to grow, it's going to take a long-ass time and a lot of hard work, and it's not... It's not really exciting just watching numbers go up. And also, same with Game Pass. It's kind of like a more of a long play. Not super exciting, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like, Streamlabs OBS released some um, data on Mixer's growth last week. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I did, I think. I, I think I saw Dr. Disrespect uh, make fun of it. <laughs> Dr. Disrespect was disrespecting it. <laughs> That's the kind of witty bounty you get on this podcast. But um but Dr. Disrespect like he was he was looking specifically at the stats quarter to quarter where um over the summer months Mixer seemed to shrink after an an initial spike from um Ninja. So like basically the what it says there is Mixer isn't retaining users. But I speculated that maybe that was because it's summer and people aren't watching as much streams, but people reached out to me to say that actually summer is supposedly a good time for streaming. Um, I know it's not a good time. It's not. A, it's never a good time for traffic on, on, on Windows Central. Like summer's always dead because you know people aren't. Um, I don't know. People aren't. I don't know what it is about summer, but like. It, feel, it always felt like to me there was less internet activity in the summer. Like every website I've ever worked for has experienced down, downturn in the summer and then bounce back afterwards. So I like tried to ascribe that to Mixer, but um, I said like if if Mixer is not doing that well, um, it's also in line with how Twitch has been declining, which is in line with how Fortnite has been declining, and Mixer more than any other platform put an emphasis on Fortnite. As, as like, you know, with the hype zone and stuff like that. So, like, maybe their emphasis on Battle Royale is backfiring a bit with Fortnite's decline. But um, if Chapter 2 is successful, and, you know, we all saw that sort of black hole bullshit last week, um, that could help Mixer, I don't know. But it did overtake YouTube Gaming, Rand. Mixer did last, last quarter. Yeah, but YouTube killed YouTube gaming, man. Like, nobody wants to stream on YouTube because, like, if you do and it has audio, it's going to get claimed uh, by that. So a lot of people moved away from YouTube because of the restrictions YouTube has in place. I mean, okay. so I'm sure you can look at, like, hey, Mixer's number two uh, with better or better than YouTube gaming, but I don't think YouTube gaming, I mean, that doesn't mean much. Nobody streams on YouTube for a reason. You get demonetized all the time. I mean, hell... This podcast gets demonetized every single every single week, and I, we don't even swear on it. It just it just gets demonetized. This is how YouTube rolls and stuff. So, you know, Twitch and Mixer and even Facebook. Although I I, I do I find it funny when all of a sudden streamers are like I'm streaming on Facebook, like and uh, you go there, 
And, and like, the thing is, like, all the all the numbers on Facebook are just, they're all fake. They're not real people watching. Like, it's all just fake nonsense. But that's, you know, I mean, this 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 is truth stuff because, like, they got sued over, uh, recently over over-inflating the number of people watching uh, an ad on Facebook, you know, the advertisers sued them and stuff. Like, and you watch someone who switches over and they got, this video, this stream got 85,000 views and it has, like, 100 likes. Like, really? <laughs> 85,000 views, 100 likes? Uh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was all real people. <laughs> Nothing to do with Facebook bots or anything like that. Get out of here. Um, yeah. But like you said, it's, it's a long game. I'm just, I'm just, cause, let, let, like, Mike had an important position. He was in charge of, or at least report, you know, Xbox Live, Game Pass, and Mixer. Like, his boss was Phil. So, like, he's very high up, very tuned in to what Xbox is doing, what their plans are. So to see him leave, um, especially so close to Scarlet coming out, it does, I, it, 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 it did shock me. I mean, I figured at some point Mike would leave. I didn't think it would be now. So, um, I wish him the best. I know wherever he's going to go, he's going to give it his all. So if he truly is going to Blizzard like we both think he is, you know, like I, yeah. I don't I don't have any inside information on it. I'm just saying, like, from my conversations with him in the past, I would put my money on Blizzard. I don't think he'd go to Google. I don't think he'd go to PlayStation. Uh, I think he'd go to go to Blizzard, which is probably his, like, dream job, and try to, like, bring he's them. He's PC gaming. And yeah. Blizzard's the last major PC-oriented dev. It's like even even Riot Games announced League of Legends is coming to console, whereas like every time I've asked Blizzard about Heroes of the Storm coming to console, they're like, oh, uh, MOBAs don't work on console, who do? Even though like you know other devs have made it work. So um, I don't know. It's interesting. Mike Mike will Mike will help Blizzard find its ambition. I think because yeah. I don't think Blizzard's a very ambitious company anymore. They're just sort of doing the same. They better thing watch out, man, because. Uh, 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 who does uh, League of Legends? Um, Riot Games is Riot. coming for their lunch. Riot Games is coming Riot for Games their is. lunch. They announced like nine games, like well, a couple days ago. They got they have League of Legends coming to console and mobile. They have a tactical shooter in the vein of Counter Strike with Overwatch abilities. You have a card game. They are literally coming for Blizzard's lunch. Yes, they are. So they they better watch out. But uh, also, and, uh, like Tencent owns them completely. Yes. People also talked about how would you compare Mikey Barr leaving to Sean Layden leaving? Because Sean Layden, uh, who was high up at PlayStation, he recently departed. I'd say it's a little bit different. Uh, Sean Layden uh, wasn't even a lot different. Just he announced that he left, and like El Enemenapio in the super chat says, at least Mike announced he left. Uh, We still haven't heard anything about Sean Layden personally. He hasn't tweeted anything. Nothing from Sony. That thing was just like, whew, like. I don't know what went on there, but this, did to Sean. Yeah. it was cold. Like I, I've spoken to people about Mike leaving, and like it, it was like completely amicable, or something that was, you know, discussed and positioned for a few weeks or months or whatever. But like the Sean Lane thing, like came completely out of the blue, unceremonious. Like it's not the way you you treat someone who's basically carried your company for for decades. So, I don't know. But, like, the thing is, when people are at that level, like, at, at Mike's level, Phil's level, and Sean Lader's level, it's like, we associate with them with the brand, but they still have, like, their own ambitions of, like, 
where can I go from here? Like, the growth never ends. Like, I'm constantly thinking, like, I've achieved some much success doing what I do. Like, I remember when I was excited when one of my articles got a 1,000 hits, and, and now I'm, like, I'm disappointed if it doesn't get a 100,000 hits, you know? And it's like, you, you never really stop thinking about growth, I, I think, if you're ambitious. I think it's just, like, that's the way it is for some people like Mike. I don't think there's any malice involved or any anything worth worrying about. Yeah. Um. So moving on, let's uh let's talk about the uh, let's talk about your week, Jez. Let's talk about what My happened. Week. Let's talk. Let's talk about uh. Well, it's not even really your week because you did you had nothing to do with this story, I but everybody on Twitter <laughs> came at you like you did. They they're saying Jez Corden's a liar. That you made this up because it was a slow news day on Windows Central. That Windows Central needed oh, clicks for their website because, yeah, you know, one less article is really going to matter. And that they, they just completely made up. What I'm talking about here, clearly, is the Outer Worlds game, which Jez mentioned he is playing currently right now. Uh, it comes out, I believe, next uh, next Friday. On the 25th, Game Pass Day 1, available for preload, on PlayStation, eventually on the Switch, also on PC, exclusive to the Epic Game Store, but I also believe you can actually get it on the Windows Store as well, if I'm not mistaken, right, Jez? I think, I think yeah, you can buy it on the new, through the new Xbox app, you can get it through that. So, you guys at Windows Central wrote an article, basically saying that Outerworlds was had 4K enhancements for the X, and that the PlayStation 4 Pro did not, which caused everybody and their mother to go crazy. All of a sudden, you had people like, "That's it! I'm canceling my, uh, I'm canceling my pre-order. This is bull. How could Microsoft do this?" Because everybody, <laughs> of course, knows that like Microsoft must be the one behind this. They own Obsidian. They must have went to them and told them, you know what? Don't put in all the work for that game. Even though Microsoft has been pretty hands-off, according to people at Obsidian, like, you know, Private Division's publishing this game. It's their game in 2K. Microsoft had nothing to do with this other than paying, to, uh, you know, Private Division to put it in the Game Pass. And everybody's just assuming Microsoft, big bad, big bad Microsoft told Obsidian to nerf or, uh, you know, don't do work on the PlayStation 4 Pro, Pro version, right? So that got sent around, and then the next day, Private Division comes out and clarifies, saying that, no, the Pro version is enhanced. It's 1440p. The X version is 4K. And, man, Jez, people came at you. You know, what you they thought you wrote the article, but you didn't. You, you didn't write the article or edit the article, right? So you have people. Uh, when, when that article went live, I was in bed, and I was working with Matt, Matt Brown on Project X Cloud stuff. Like we have a team that handles news. Like that's not even on my radar. You know, we have a pretty large team too. So like, what happened was, well, ironically, uh, one of my colleagues was um, trying to get a code for Android Central, who covers PlayStation. Don't ask me why. That's a whole other thing. AndroidCentral.com, which is our sister site, covers PlayStation. And um, they were trying to get a key for the Outer Worlds on PlayStation so they could do a review. 
Um, and uh, someone in the email chain had asked, uh, what enhancements does the game have on the X and the Pro? And uh, Private Division's PR firm came back and said, it's 4K on the X and no enhancements on the Pro. Pretty definitive, right? Right. Yep. So then so then, when our news team wrote up what the enhancements were, um, they wrote up an article that was basically platform agnostic, something that could be published on Windows Central and also on Android Central and a clone, which meant that it mean, meant that um, they put like they put both enhanced what what was enhanced and what wasn't enhanced in the title, and they're like, well, it's enhanced on the X, it's not enhanced on the Pro, based on what their PR firm said. Um, and then usually what would happen in these situations, and ironically, the same PR firm had reached out to me personally earlier in the week to ask me to stop calling the outer world a shooter and make sure I call it an RPG. It is a shooter, by the way. Um, but they, they, asked, they asked me to call it an RPG, not a shooter. So it's not like they weren't aware of how things like that should be handled. And um, But no, they just published the tweet out, threw us under the bus, and like YouTubers looking for clout, saying we were fake news and blaming me and stuff. And it's just like, I didn't need that at uh, midnight when I was just about to go to bed. So I was pretty mad. So I, so what I did was, I showed the email that the PR firm sent, and then the PR firm sent me an apology for the miscommunication, and then they all unfollowed me on Twitter. <laughs> So they blacklisted me for their mistake. Hmm. Um, even though, again, I didn't write the article. So, it's, uh, it was pretty bullshit, man, I will say. But it is what it is. It happens. And, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of YouTubers out there who don't really care about facts, just care about emotions, because that's how YouTube's algorithm works. No facts. Just who am I supposed to be mad at, Jez? I need someone to be mad at because that's just the way the internet works, apparently. But it is what it is. And, uh, you know, it's good. I actually even tweeted out that it sucked that it wasn't enhanced on the Pro because it, it felt arbitrary. If it, if it can reach 4K on the X, it can at least, at least reach, like, you know, sub 4K on, on the Pro. And I even tweeted that out, I think. Something like it, it should be enhanced on the Pro if it's enhanced on the X. Jez, weren't you supposed to know psychically that it was wrong? Weren't, were you supposed to wait? <laughs> is there some sort of rule that it says you're supposed to wait X amount of hours before posting a news story? Or are you supposed to reply back to them and be like, are you sure? Are you sure that the, the info that you have is right? And, you know, like, come on. Like, now that I know how emotional sensitive some fans are about resolution, I am going to double check every single time. I mean, are you sure about this? Because there's some grown-ass men who are going to cry if this is if this is true, you know. So, um, uh, it is what it is. It is. And then, they'll move on to the next thing to be just about tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, um, you should probably leave the call and rejoin, by the way. Again? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh... uh you know what it is? I think this is my PC response. I'll bear it back once Okay. Where YouTubers supposed to know the info they had was wrong goes both way, r ways, Rand. Yeah, but then when you presented with the information about what actually happened, 
don't try to be uh, an asshole about it. See, that that is my whole thing. Like, Judd is my boy, uh, and everything was, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of, like, see there, I sit there on Twitter, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, someone's calling Jez a liar and that he's making stuff up when Jez had nothing to do with the article at all. So why are you coming at him? And I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe you should maybe you should look into this before, uh, you know, going into your righteous indignation uh, about it. And, hey, maybe you shouldn't have made a video claiming that uh, it was Microsoft's, uh, the, that uh, they were worried about PlayStation sales. Maybe you shouldn't have made that terrible video. Nah, you just want to pass the buck. You just want to blame other people. Like, because let me tell you, this whole situation here, this is the first time a story has been updated in the existence of journalism. This is the very first time a story changes or new information comes to light. Never has ever happened before. It actually happened twice this week. Uh, Another mistake that actually was Microsoft's fault. Um, They published on the Xbox Game Pass app, that uh, Halo Wars 2 was being deleted from Game Pass. I know, I saw that, yeah. And uh, Major Nelson had previously said that wouldn't happen. So we were like, oh my God, is Halo Wars leaving? We published the story. And like, then we reached out to Microsoft, Microsoft said, oh yeah, it's a mistake. And we update, and it's all good. Isn't that how the news works? I don't know. It's just, I don't, nor- I don't normally talk crap. A, like about people on show or even on Twitter, right? Like I saw somebody going after Jazz, which I thought was unfounded. So I was like calmly like, hey, maybe you should check into this uh, before you, you know, scream from the high em- heavens that someone's lying and making stuff up. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Foxy Clown UK, a.k.a. PlayStation News Clown, right? Back before he switched his name. A dude that pretty much makes YouTube videos about his secret source PS5 information all the time about how he has an insider at Sony and only he has this information. But how dare you accuse him of clickbaiting and uh, running videos for clicks? You just have to trust him that he has a source. So he said that Jez was lying when Jez had nothing to do with the video or nothing to do with the article. So I was like, hey. You might want to check into this situation. Here's the here's an email chain where they literally told him this or told the person this, and he I I did it in the nicest manner possible, but he kept on coming at me. He kept on doing the stuff, and then of course he did the stupid quote retweet. I hate that. I hate. Can't you just reply normally in a normal chain? But nope, you got to quote retweet it so all one of your followers can see it. Fine, you want to play that game? I can play that game too. And I can do it better than you can. So originally the discussion was Jez was lying and Windows Central made it all up. When it was proven that Jez wasn't lying, it had nothing to do with the article at hand, and that this is what they were told, he started to say, oh, well, maybe they should have waited to uh, post videos and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're just mad because you made a video and was Wrong about it. Yeah, why didn't he wait? Why, why, why didn't he, he wait? wait? You're accusing Jez of not waiting or Windows Central for not waiting. Why didn't you wait? It's so, like YouTube, YouTubers, like, they always call the journalists fake news and stuff, but they don't hold themselves to the same standard. Mm. And yeah, they, sometimes they don't viewers don't, 
they don't they don't consider themselves journalists. But my my thing is like, listen, of course, Jez is my friend. I've known him for a long time. You know, uh, a lot of people are my friends, and I'll go to bat for him. Like I know, and, and I know Jez can defend himself, right? But the thing was, the information out there was already there. I just pointed it to him. It's like, hey, here's the info. Uh, you might want to look into it. But nope, nope. So. Dude blocked me. Dude blocked me, but not before calling me. Not before calling me and just gay. That's the other thing. He immediately <laughs> went to name calling, started calling me Mrs. Corden, and that me and Jez were a cute couple. You know, that's usually a sign of when someone's lost an argument, they immediately go to a personal attack. <laughs> Always a good sign. So he immediately he immediately said that. And, you know, like I, I thought that was pretty weird. I thought that was pretty weird. Anybody would defend their friend, especially when their friend is being, uh, you know, like hated on like that in some way. So and then he blocked me, like 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 a coward. So of course I'm not gonna. Of course I have to block him back. I'm not gonna let him be able to see what I post. So I blocked him right back. Dude's a clown. Dude is a coward. You can come over here and listen to me say this. Guess what? You got destroyed. Keep on making your PS5 videos without a source, so you can clickbait for clicks, motherfucker. <laughs> right. Anyways. Moving on, because I'm sick and tired of talking about clowns. Uh, There's a lot of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the. Uh, you know, let's talk about the. Um, let's talk about Project X Cloud. Project. You got you. So they finally came out of, or finally is releasing to like kind of uh, public purview. They're uh, they're letting people play it, and. I haven't gotten, I mean, I signed up for it. I haven't gotten accepted. Although, uh, I do have T-Mobile and there was this e email that came in here and I kind of signed up for it. And, you know, we'll see if I get into it. I'm, I, I'm kind of wanting to see the technology in, in action. I'm not really going to be using it that much, but I know you got a chance to get into it. Do you have any uh, hands-on impressions? I do, kind of, but I don't want to really go into too much detail, and I'll tell you why. It's because it's not available in Germany yet. So, the servers are only live in America, South Korea, and the UK. So, for me to access it, I have to tunnel through a VPN, which in itself is laggy and bandwidth limited, to the UK, which is 2,000 miles away. Or, well, a few hundred miles away, anyway. My geography isn't that great. But it's, uh, it's a few hundred miles away, put it that way, at least. And um, even though I was turning through VPN, the controls were actually surprisingly responsive. But the video, res the video feed was very, very choppy and laggy and stuff like that through the VPN. However, Matt Brown, my colleague in London, he put a video on Windows Central's YouTube channel today showing it in action. And he said that, yeah, it's subject to some latency hiccups, much like, you know, we're having issues on Discord today. Like, that, that's something to do with my network, you know. And, um, but he said, like, it was totally playable. Like, he was playing Halo competitively. He played Killer Instinct competitive, competitively without any issues. And, um, and he also, uh, played Gears of War. And he said the same thing I said from E3, where, like, active reloads were easy to land and stuff like that. So, um, 
signs are very positive. Uh, the issues with xCloud right now ultimately pertain to features more than anything. Like, it's really hard to make a party right now. Like, there, there is, like, a guide, but it's very rudimentary and missing a lot of stuff. Um, and also there's, like, uh, again, there's the whole, like, UI scaling thing. When a game's designed to be viewed on a TV, the fonts are super tiny, which is, like, Games like, uh, people talk about Pillars of Eternity, right? Playing it on that. But like, you ain't gonna be able to read the text. The text is gonna be too small to read. So like, you ain't really gonna be able to play it because of that. So it does have a lot of issues that need to be ironed out. Microsoft has an API that will let developers scale, scale things like text when the game detects it's on a small screen. But again, it's kinda like, will developers actually use it? And also the cheap plastic clips that you clip your phone onto, the controller, they're kind of lame too. So the technology, mostly this is morely, more about potential than anything right now. Like the, the potential is so huge. Like being able to, if you're someone who travels a lot or like, you know, you're doing your morning commute to work and you just want to play a game on your phone or something like that and like not have to carry around a switch as well in order to do it. This is just like a cool extra little feature, you know. And um, I'm excited for the future of xCloud. But right now, there's, there's so many there's so many details left to work out, and I think that's why they're doing it in preview rather than going all in like Google is, rather than like being like, okay, this is a finished product now, um, and making a bad first impression. Because I think Google could easily fall into that trap of rushing out, not having a good enough library. Uh, you know, all those sort of issues that come with scaling and stuff like that. I don't think Google even has an API that lets developers scale their UI. Well, and also, also developers have to port their games to Linux, too. And How important was it for Microsoft to get out first ahead of Google? Because Stadia announced that they're coming out November 19th. Yeah. Um, and clearly, I think Microsoft is, well, we know, like, Microsoft is, you know, they, they view Google as a, a threat, uh, a big competitor. Was it important for them to get it out, you know, like, what is it going to be, like a whole month before maybe get some of the kinks worked out? Uh, because, you know, I've seen people like Obi-Wan who is having a great time, everything works perfectly, but I've also talked and seen other, you know, video from people where it doesn't work right and it looks like a complete mess, which is obviously a reason why they need this whole preview so they can figure out, you know, what's wrong. Because it's going to be a completely subjective experience. This isn't like you're sitting down in front of your console, which is going to play the game the, the same way for literally everybody. It's, like, going to be based on, you know, what phone you're using, uh, what, you know, data, you know, cellular company you're using, if you use cellular data. You know, if you have a router, is it 2. what, 5 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz? Right? Like, there's a lot of different factors like how far away from you are from the Wi-Fi signal are you? What type of network are you on? How much interference there is? This isn't exactly, you know, uh, like like there are, so. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to deal with. There's a lot of points of failure, you know, and there's a lot of and even Android hardware, like the different like Wi-Fi controllers, and then you've got interference from Bluetooth, and and Bluetooth's kind of crappy too in of itself. There's a lot of there's a lot of points of failure for Xcloud, and I think that's why like it's really good that Microsoft's taking this approach and trying to like build it with with um, the community and build it with game developers at the same time. I think that's encouraging. 
and um you know and the 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 most encouraging thing is that the underlying technology seems to work you know like if you've got the optimal you know wi-fi conditions and stuff like that i'm not sh- i i'm gonna i'm actually gonna send matt out to do a 4g test i think in london at some point um if you're listening to this matt i i apologize but you're gonna have to go out to london um and we'll see what it's like in uh, some more real-world settings. Because Matt, Matt does have, yeah, Matt has like the perfect setup at home for XCloud. He's got an insane internet connection. I think it's got a gigabyte down, and then he's got like you know, uh, you know, powerful routers and stuff like that. Because he's a he's a rich rich kid, you know. Uh, so, um, but like even like some of our some of our other staff who have like more modest connections, they haven't had any issues either. But you know. I'm waiting for it to hit Germany before I give my verdict on it. And I live fairly close to a data center. I think the Frankfurt data center is about about 150 miles away from me right now. So that's like a pretty decent average distance for for like where like the main data centers are, I guess. So we'll see. I'm excited for it. I know you are. I know you are. Well, I, I kind of want to try it out to see if technology works, but I doubt I will uh, use it that much. Um, we do have a, a question from David Rainey in the Super Chat. says, have either of you heard any whispers about XO19, acquisition games or announcements? I'm always hyped for Xbox events. Um, XO19, that's coming literally about a month from now in London. Um, Jazz, have you, you, haven't, you, you heard anything about XO? I, I, are you going? I'm, I'm pretty, you're going, right? I'm not. I'm not going. Actually. You're not going. No, because uh, Brexit disruption uh, my immigration status. Um, so I need to like I need to be careful about how I travel in November. But um, I'm not going. But we do have colleagues that are going. And from what I'm hearing, Microsoft's actually going to have quite a lot of stuff to show. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I would love to see. Like I'd love to see studio acquisitions. I'd love to see new games. I'd love to see Fable Tees, you know. I'd love I'd love to, for them to end the year on a really strong note. But um I think realistically it's probably just gonna be like sort of on the same level as a sort of big inside Xbox show. Uh we're we're probably gonna see a lot of cool stuff. We're gonna see like uh Wasteland three, you're gonna see uh Age of Empires four, I would think. I think, like, there will be cool stuff there. I don't think it's going to be, like, E3 level, because Microsoft likes... Microsoft supports the ESA a lot, and they want, they want like... They want E3 to stay as a sort of big show of the year. Um, but, yeah, I'm optimistic for it. I think it'll be a good show. What do you think? I think it'll definitely be better than last year's. I mean, I know last year they didn't... They didn't fly anybody out. I know so many people flying out for this. Like, people that Xbox oh, yeah. is flying out, uh, paying for their flights, paying for their hotels. Like, this is a big event. So, it's definitely going to be bigger than XO18. question is... Uh, Actually, I didn't I didn't even cotton on to that fact that that last year they didn't fly me out, but this year they, are, they did want to fly me They're out. flying out lots of people. So... It's 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 going to be a big event. Um, we'll we'll probably learn more about it as time gets closer. But like, I would imagine it's going to be somewhere between an E3 and you know what XO18 was last year. So 
Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, better, better, than, better than last year, but maybe not as huge as E3. Or maybe better than E3. I mean, because like E3, they kind of, I mean, you know, they, they had the whole Gears thing, which didn't really go off well. And a lot of it, like after the Cyberpunk stuff, was pretty boring. Um, Actually, yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I do see what Girth Quake said in chat. I saw this yesterday. Mad on Era dropped the post yesterday. They got people hyped, and he, he did. And he's an insider on Reset Era. Gets a lot of things right, and he said that there's a lot going on behind the scenes in Xbox, and people should be excited. And from what he's heard, it's even gotten him hyped, and he's not a person to fall for hype. So you take that... Uh, with the grain of salt, um, yeah, maybe I'm, I don't know. Like I thought, like everything Microsoft is doing now is an investment for like the future of the brand. Um, it's kind of disappointing that I don't know they've kind of given up a little bit on this gen. I mean, this gen's practically over for them. I mean, it's like Gears of War is like the last, you know, unfortunately. But that is how it kind well, of played actually- out. I mean, I still, I know the Outer Worlds is multi-platform, but I really do feel like they're establishing a, an Xbox brand with that. Like, even though it's not Microsoft handling the PR for that game, the fact that it's day one in xCloud, the fact that the launch stream is on Mixer, not Twitch, it just still very feels like they they want to establish Outer Worlds as a Microsoft brand game for the future. Like, the Outer Worlds 2 ain't going to be multi-platform. I mean, they've, they've effectively confirmed that, I think. I, I agree, Girth. Ori, Ori 2 is going to be one of the best games next year, but I don't think a lot of people view Ori the same way that I do. So, uh, most people will be like Last of Us and, you know, Cyberpunk. Ori, Ori doesn't get a lot of the recognition it deserves. So, unfortunately, but I think the sequel will. Uh, at least, at least I'm hoping it does. And shout out to the Osman for the super, super chat says, uh, cheers mate. Hope everybody's enjoying the show. Sorry if I went off a little bit earlier. You know, I, I normally don't attack people like that, but um, got under my skin a little bit, Jeff. I did. It got under my skin a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, all, all I was trying to do was just point out the truth in a calmly, in a calm manner. Unnecessary assholery is like, it's, whenever people are like that, I just think, oh, they're just doing it for clout. They're trying to get some attention because their channel's bad or... You know, I looked at the guy's Patreon. He had like twelve patrons, which is sad. You know, and it's it's kind of like sometimes when a YouTuber is desperate, they try and stir up controversy with people who are much bigger than them and much more relevant than them. So, you know, I I don't know. Like I I, I try to be YouTube's YouTube's a to- honestly, it's it's a toxic platform. It makes people toxic. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's like, I, maybe I'll let my emotions get the best of me, but li- I, I tried presenting everything in like a calm manner and it was just like, the, I don't know, like the dude kind of just wanted to, wanted to play. And it was just like, all right, Fucking you want to play? I'll play too. You know, like we can do this. And I, like, I didn't want it to go down that way. Like I didn't want to do what I had to do. It's just like, listen, like you want, you, Whatever, moving on. I know, because sometimes I, I think back on what I, you know, maybe I should have kept my mouth shut, but, um, you know, I just, nah. Nah, nah, who cares? Anyways, moving on. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, what we could possibly see at XO19, I figured, you know, let's talk about Xbox Scarlet and PS5 here, because they're definitely, 
since we didn't do a show last week, we missed out on PlayStation dropping another article via via like Wired, like an exclusive Wired article about some of the new things that's going to be um, in, in uh, for the PlayStation Five, right? And you know, it has it has a new controller with like haptic feedback and uh, rumble triggers, basically, and it has uh you can have new UI. They they mentioned that PlayStation Five is going to have like you know uh, hardware accelerated ray tracing and all that stuff, right? Um, yeah. and I wanted to kind of compare and contrast the way that Xbox is going about their Scarlet stuff and how they're revealing it versus the way Sony's been doing it because it's it's they're they're doing two different approaches. Microsoft is doing the very traditional approach of you know. Well, to be fair. Microsoft also had an exclusive with Digital Foundry for the X. So it's not like they're, they're completely divergent in the way this is handled. No, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Do this. But that was a mid-gen upgrade, so that, that kind of wasn't really, that had been done before, though. Well, the thing is, the reason companies do this, and I, I expect Microsoft to do it again with Digital Foundry, right? Um, it's because, like, Microsoft can put out an article themselves saying, yeah, it's 4K, yes, they share it's that. But it's it's more credible if it's coming from a third party. If it's coming from Microsoft, then it's just marketing. You know, they're obviously biased in, biased in favor of it. So it's kind of like if you work with an a independent journalist and they ask the questions they want to ask and stuff like that, at least theoretically, it's kind of like... It should be more believable or trustworthy. So that's why companies do it. And that's why Microsoft will do it again with um, Digital Foundry, I think. Hmm. Okay. It, I mean, I, I could see Microsoft doing that for sure. I just kind of, I mean, we're obviously just talking about this year, right? Microsoft has chosen, hey, we're going to give you all of our Xbox Scarlet info at E3. You know, they, they basically did the same trailer they did for the X for Scarlet. Right, and all the information came out then. And they, they've been tight-lipped about it. The only time they've mentioned it, well, they haven't even mentioned Scarlet. The only time they've, like, talked about it is, like, when there was that uh, rumor that there's going to be a camera. You remember that? And Microsoft quickly came out and be like, no, 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 no cameras. No, no connects, right? Um, yeah, Gizmo, that was a Gizmodo thing. Right? Yeah, there was, and but Sony, like, they came out in April. They announced the PlayStation. They gave Wired some exclusive stuff. But kind of very basic information, just to kind of get people excited. And I think also jumped the gun because they knew Xbox was going to announce it at E3 and they weren't going to be there. So I do think a lot of this has to do with PlayStation not having an event, but maybe even trying something out a little bit different. Like, do you need to spend all that money to do these events when you can just have an article and trend on Twitter all day and have people know what's going on, right? And then... I think last week they do this and they give more information and then eventually, you know, next year they'll have a media event where they can actually show what they're talking about. So it's, it's two different ways of going about it. I, I'm not even saying one's better than the other. It's just kind of, it's just very interesting considering they both kind of did the same exact thing for the PlayStation 4 and even for their mid-gen upgrades. I thought it was weird that some people were like, oh, this sucks, Sony shouldn't do this. Because I was just thinking, like, why shouldn't they do this? I kind of like that approach. 
because uh, you know you do get that sort of independent stuff. I don't want to. I don't want to see 100% marketing. You know, whenever Microsoft announces something, that's marketing. That's them marketing it. Like if I if I work for Microsoft and I say the Elite Control is good, of course I'm going to say it's good because I work for Microsoft. So if I don't work for Microsoft and I say the Elite Control is good, it carries more weight theoretically. So I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was good that they do that, and I hope that Microsoft does it too with Scarlet. You know, they want to reach out to me and let me do it. Well, you know, I want to know. But no, it should be with Digital Foundry because Digital Foundry are the ones that sort of they have that technical expertise and that credibility to really showcase you know the the technical specs of the the consoles, and that's ultimately what this is all about. So I don't know. I mean, if if you. I I do kind of like what uh just from a person who I don't like having to wait for events to actually hear information about stuff. So I kind of like the way Sony has kind of just a random day, boom, here's information about the next gen systems. I kind of like that as a person, you know, who mm-hmm. obviously runs a YouTube channel and I can, you know, make a video about it or or talk about it. Or, but like it keeps I don't know, it keeps the kind of keeps the conversation flowing a lot more because before it was like here's E three, here's the information and then you gotta wait forever until like, you know, next E three to hear the info. And that's why it's like we talk about XO nineteen, it's like that's a prime opportunity for Microsoft to talk again about Scarlet in some way. I you think know? they will too. Right? And then and then maybe have some media event the beginning of next year, have more E three coverage. Um it's just very uh it's it's like they're running two different strategies, and I'm I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I kind of I don't know I I, I kind of think it's cool to wake up one day and be like oh here's a bunch of new PlayStation Five information, you know. So this, this this sort of also carries back to um, people criticizing Microsoft for not being more upfront with their roadmap, and I think like one of the one of the awesome things about the Surface event was that they they told us what their roadmap is. They were like, and they've never done this for Surface before. They never said, oh, we have a device coming next year. And they did that for the Surface Duo and the Neo, and they announced the new operating system, Windows 10X. So, like, we all know what the roadmap is now, which means that, like, we can look forward to it. Developers can prepare for it, you know, and stuff like that. At least independent developers who aren't working more directly with Microsoft. And, um... I like that. I like that sort of open approach that more companies seem to be taking. And, like, one of the things Microsoft never does is they never talk about what games they're working on out in out in the future because of the whole Scalebound thing. I think I really want Microsoft to get over that. I really do. Right. Yeah, that's that, that definitely, yeah, that's something. Well, it's not just Scalebound. I think it's also Crackdown and how that turned out, um, you know, and how Perfect Dark turned out. It was supposed to be a real game, like a real new game, and then it was ended up just being the original Xbox game. You know, they've had some misses at the beginning of this gen, and I, they don't want to repeat it. But at the same time, you know, like, you do got to get people super hyped about your next system. you got to show stuff that's a little bit farther out. You know, I, th- I actually think it's more crucial than ever that they do this. Because if it's like, if we've got, like, a subscription-based service, we need to know what's coming to make it worthwhile. Like, Netflix always talks about, like, oh, the next season of this is coming, the next season of that is coming. And they do it a few months in advance, but 
TV shows are faster to make than games. So we need to we need to know further in advance what's coming, I think. Uh, especially because of um, xCloud and Game Pass and stuff like that. So, I don't know. IDK. I'm not right about that, actually. You should. You should definitely write about it. Um, all right. So, so something that might happen with Xbox Scarlet. Uh, I did a video about this, and I kind of want to get your take on it. Microsoft patented an Xbox, like a VR playmat, Jez. That um, was that was strange. Do you know what it reminded me of? What? The Xbox, the OG Xbox, had like a Dance Dance Revolution mat that you could plug into it. That's what it reminded me of. I don't know. But, um, but it wasn't that was just, interesting. But it wasn't just the VR mat. Obviously, you need a VR device, too. But it was like a new motion controller and then also a stylus. Oh, yeah, the one thing. Yeah. It was, I mean, Microsoft has a lot of patents related to VR that never materialized. you remember Project Fortezela, I think it was called? That was like AR glasses, like even smaller than HoloLens. That just never, never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, they patent a lot of stuff that just doesn't happen. Uh, so I don't think that alone is indicative of Xbox Scarlet Game VR. And, like, the fact that Microsoft has invested almost nothing into um, Windows Mixed Reality, which presumably would be the system powering Xbox VR, that kind of says to me that Microsoft still doesn't take it seriously. I don't think that Scarlet's going to have VR. I could be completely wrong, but I seriously doubt it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it will either. I, I really don't. Um... But moving on to a launch title for Scarlet. Ooh, look at this segue, Jed. Moving in, moving out. Quick. Looking in, looking uh, Halo Infinite. Uh, oh, I've heard of that game. Yeah, Halo, you might have heard of it. It's coming out uh, next year. Launch title for the small, Scarlet. Small indie game. Small right. indie game from a small studio of like 550 people. Just a small small little thing. Small to get together with friends, right? Um, <laughs> game jam game. There was a bunch of... Uh, People out there saying, hey, it's in a lot of trouble. It's going to get delayed. Uh, mainly because a person, uh, Mary Olson, uh, who was lead campaign director, she left after being promoted to lead campaign director after the last guy left two months ago. So, Jez, what's going on at 343? Should I be worried about my favorite franchise. Is it over? Should they scrap the game, start over, burn 343 to the ground, and rebuild it from the ashes? What's going on over there at 343? I think that they should cancel Halo and instead invest all that money into the Wasteland franchise, actually. I thought you were going to say Gears 5, but I think you're... uh... Because you used to be like Gears 5, or the Gears franchise is better than Halo, but... uh... Man, people are upset with Gears 2 lately, man. What's going on? What's up? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't think I don't think Halo's in trouble. I certainly haven't heard that. People I talk to about Halo seem, you know, confident about it. Like, like sometimes you can just sort of like, even when I talk to people who are like, I strictly would never leak anything from, 
you can still sort of sometimes tell if a product's going well or going badly, like just in the tone of the way the way they speak or if, you know, work seems stressful and stuff like that. Um, I don't really get a sense that anything's going wrong with Halo Infinite, but who knows, you know. Like that, 343 is a very secretive studio. Like, leaks don't really happen very often from there. They are a very big studio, too. Like, over 500 people. Coalition, yeah. I think it was like 200-something, 220. And I look at Halo, it's like, man, you got all these people on this game. Granted, it's Microsoft's biggest game. And, man, this game's got to deliver. It's going to have a lot of expectations put upon it. But are, are 500 people working on just Halo? Because I remember, remember I that. I know, that was true. Master the Master Chief Collection, which, by the way, still isn't out for PC yet. Uh, and that was announced, what, back in April? What's, like, what's going on with that? Like, I thought... I mean, that's that started sliding to PC, though, right? I, I think it started still sliding to PC, and I think it also started sliding to console, or at least Halo Reach has. I'm just saying... I thought by now, Reach would be out, and Halo 1 would be out, and maybe even Halo 2. But we're in October 17th, and nothing's uh, out yet. I, maybe maybe I should rethink when I said Microsoft should announce games early. <laughs> it often seems like they have issues actually delivering on their launch date. Yeah. Their launch windows. I don't know. So do you think it's... So you don't think people should be concerned... I don't think you should be concerned yet. I mean, staff turnover happens. Maybe, like, I don't know, they, they want something particular for Halo Infinite's narrative or, or something. But like you say, Halo Infinite's got to deliver. It's got to, it's got to prove that the franchise still has legs. Because for me, Halo 5 did not prove that the franchise still has legs. It did the opposite, kind of. And I know Halo fans might not enjoy me saying that, but I'm talking this as a casual Halo fan, like someone who isn't hardcore about it. And that the truth is, most Halo fans are casual fans. You know, they sort of they don't really care about it that much. And most gamers are just casual, you know. And what what will make Halo big again is if they can capture that audience of people who just don't really care about it that much. Like it'll always have its core fans, um, but. To really achieve that mainstream success that I think Microsoft wants for it and what a studio as big as 343 Industries needs, I think it's kind of like it needs to deliver. So, I, I mean, know. there is – it's just funny that the previous creative director left, right? And the person they called out in the press release says, don't worry, we got this covered. Mary Olsen is now leading the campaign, specifically called out by Xbox PR as a person who's on top of the problem, and this is why you shouldn't care that this previous creative director left, and then two months later, that person leaves. So, yeah. it, 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 I don't think by itself it's just much, it would give much of, uh, you know, people would pay much attention to it, right? Because people leave jobs all the time, especially in the games industry, right? But because it was someone specifically mentioned by Xbox PR as taking over for somebody, and then that person then leaves too, it does kind of be like, well, wait a minute. I, like, I thought this was a reason and, and the person that was going to fix everything, or, or for a reason for us not to be concerned. And now this person's gone too. I know the, 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 um, the community manager came out recently 
and said, like, there's no issues. But, of course, that's what a community manager has to say. The guy's not going to come out here and be like, oh, God, there's fire everywhere here. Like that gif of, you know, from uh, Donald Glover walking in, you know, with a bunch of pizza and everything's going crazy. Like, of course, he's not going to say that. And like David DeFonzo says in chat, she got snagged by her former boss. She joined Josh Holmes' new studio. And if you guys don't know, Josh Holmes, I believe, was – he wasn't the head of 343 – because that's Bonnie Ross, but he was, um, what was his position? He was in charge of Halo 5 Guardians, so essentially would have been her boss. So but mm. she basically got, you know, uh, he basically stole her to join that studio, who's probably already filled with a bunch of X343 employees, because after Halo 5 came out, there was a lot of turnover at 343. A lot mm. of people left. Um. So, yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. Do, do I think people should be concerned? Not particularly. It's just one or two people. It's just eyebrow raising because she was the one they called out in a PR response for why you shouldn't be concerned or why it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm. So there's the Halo stuff there. Um, Xbox also announced a, a new promotion with Taco Bell, again, for the third year in a row. Which, um, new console, I think it's called the Eclipse. It's like black gradient. Microsoft loves their gradient colors on the X. Comes with an Elite V2, which, Jez, you have. How is the Elite V2? I do. I'm using it right now to play Children More, actually. Um, I wrote an impressions piece because the embargo was two hours after I received it. So I was like, two hours ain't enough to actually do a full review of this. So I just do some photographs and some early impressions. But early impressions are extremely, extremely positive. Like, I've always been on, I've always been on Twitter arguing with Sony fans about internal batteries, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, like, I'd rather have AA batteries because I want to be able to make sure that I've always got something charged and I can swap them out and stuff like that. But, I think maybe now I was wrong, Rand. I think I was wrong. And I'll tell you why. Okay. It's because when the battery's internal, the engineers can make a better job of balancing the weight of the controller. Like, my Eneloop AA batteries are heavy. They are heavy boys, right? And it makes the controller feel a little bit unbalanced. Whereas, like, on the Elite controller and on the PlayStation 4 controller, the internal battery can be distributed more evenly and like, because it can use a bespoke design, right? And it just feels, like, more balanced. I don't, it's not any lighter, it just feels more balanced. And I think that's really awesome in the hand. Now, some of the things that people were really annoyed about with the previous Elite Controller, and, um, Rand, we really need to sort out the podcast stream where I can actually just flip the camera on and show things off when we do, when we talk about things like this. I know. We need to look at that in the future. We'll, we'll do something about that. Um... But I am going to make a video for YouTube on the controller so you can, like, get a good look at it and stuff like that. Because it comes out on November 4th, I think, off the top of my head. But one of the things they've changed on this is addressing the feedback on the build quality of the last one, namely the shoulder buttons, which people said fell apart. I didn't have that issue personally on either of my Elite controllers. Well, actually, that isn't true. I dropped my second Elite controller, and that broke the shoulder button. But I was able, I took it apart and fixed it though, at least. So, there's that. Um, but, 
I think it was a case of they the, the shoulder buttons didn't sit correctly in the housing of the the device. So like even the slightest knock could get them make them dislodged and fall out and stuff like that. They feel a lot more solid now. Um, there's like there's not as much travel and the the sort of the housing feels more dense. It's really hard to describe, but like I'll try and show it on video so you can see what I mean. Like if I press them in really hard. The plastic doesn't bend as much because it just feels like high quality materials. Um, it, they don't creak either, which is reassuring. But also the grips, the way they've manufactured the grips has changed. Like the previous grips were just molded to the controller, but these new grips have actual adhesive and glue on them. Like I can't even, and the seams are so small that I can't, I can't get my nail underneath the rubber. Like on the previous Elite controller, it was really easy to just get your nail under there and rip it off because they weren't attached very well. And there was like a tiny little rubber lip underneath which sort of connected the same. Now they just sort of it runs straight up against the plastic and um, it, you can't even get your nail under it to peel it off, even if you wanted to. Like I'd have to probably get a screwdriver or something. I couldn't even get a guitar pick under it. So that's also reassuring. All the other stuff's just been upgraded too. The paddles feel nicer. They have m more travel, and they are like the magnet, the hook for the paddles is deeper, so it's less likely that they'll fall out, um, which is a problem on the last one. Um, also, there's now three con three profile options instead of just two, and um, I didn't know this round, but you combine you can you combine the paddles to actions, not just buttons. I don't know when they added that. I think they might have added that on the first trailer. But I actually have a button on the paddle which takes a screenshot and takes a clip now. Like like the share button on the PlayStation trailer, which is something I bitch about all the time. They need a share oh, button on the, on the Xbox controller. James? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. If they you're, do. I mean, you need you need to put that button there. I don't care if I, what everybody says. There needs to be a share button on the <laughs> controller. You can't let Nintendo have something on their controller and you not. I don't yeah. care. You need for 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 Scarlet's controller that better have a dedicated share button. Yeah, it kind it kind of sucks that to get a share button on an Xbox controller, you have to buy a hundred and eighty dollar controller and then configure it to do that. But at least it's there now. And also, I've I binded the other paddles to um, control the volume on my TV, which is which is kind of cool. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, so like I can turn I can turn my TV up and down. And also, you can com you combine the key to be like shift. So like, I could bind even more keys here if I wanted to, and like bind it to TV mute. You can do like all media controls and stuff like that. So they have extended the usability of the paddles in that sense, working with the Xbox platform team, I guess. But honestly, the early impressions are really good. Like the, the triggers feel nicer. The internal battery is ridiculous. Like I've been playing I've been playing games all day around. All day. I started gaming at 8 a.m. and I've been playing games non-stop. And when I go into the Xbox accessories app, it still says battery level full. Mm. Like this, this has like 40 hour battery life, let's say. Yeah, it's the first hours. one with the internal battery too. Yeah. So like, oh, and that's another thing. The, the charge dock is also really, really cool. The case. Yeah, but you can take the, the, the dock out of the case. So, like, the, the case has a magnet in it, which holds the little puck inside it. And then you put it in there, and the magnet holds it in place in the case. 
and the magnet is more powerful than the magnet on top of the dock. So you can take the um, the controller out without it unseating the dock out of the case. That's like the attention to detail that I expect of a product this expensive. But then you can pull the dock out of the case if you don't want to use the case. I've pulled the dock out and it's just resting on my desk now next to my TV. And you flip it around and then um, and then you put you can lay the controller out flat on it and it'll just magnetize the dock and just start charging. And it charges pretty fast too. Um, like when I, when I got the controller in, it was a 50% battery, and like I charged it up to full like relatively quickly. I didn't measure the exact time, but it was like an hour or something, hour or two. So um, I'm impressed. Early impressions: braided cable, USB-C connection, uh, tension control, tension control for the the sticks. You can make them uh, more more tense, which is useful if you're going to use the longer joystick. Because then you can get like more precision over like accurate shots and stuff like that with the extra distance away from the pivot. Mm-hmm. Basic good, man. Early impressions are good. I'm gonna really put it through its paces, and I'm gonna try and peel the grips off. I think because I know that's what people want to know. Like the first comment I got on, on Windows Central was, "Would you be willing to take it apart?" <laughs> and I'm just looking at it like. Probably you want to take apart a hundred and eighty dollar controller, but you know, I I kinda of think people deserve to know what the glue's like on the on the grip, so I'll look into doing that. Um but I'm I'm mostly super impressed and of course we're not gonna know for sure if the grips stay on properly because apparently what talking to people it shows apparently the issue with the grips was due to a chemical reaction they hadn't accounted for with like the oil on your skin. And, like, over time, the rubber would react with the oil on some people's skin and then cause cause it to warp just enough to make the whole thing just lose its lose its tautness or something. Something to do with hand, hand oil chemistry, I don't know. But the fact that it has glue on now should be reassuring, at least. Yeah, but... Um, let's see, we got Xbox Toxic Message Filters... Uh, basically, Microsoft will filter out your messages and, and display them as a potentially offensive message hidden if you want them to. Uh, otherwise, I mean, you don't you don't have to have it enabled. You can leave it unfiltered so you can still get the same messages you've always gotten. But it's more for people that don't want to see, you know, or being called a, a racist slur or what have you. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And like, I, I'm I'm fine with that. The option's great. Like, if people don't want, people shouldn't have to see that stuff if they don't want to see it. So, I think it's great that Microsoft is doing it. Um, as long as the option is there to be like, hey, don't, don't, uh, you know, I want, I want to be unfiltered. I want people to send me all the meanest stuff, right? Uh, they said they want to do it for, for, for audio at some point, although they didn't really give a timetable for that. So, who knows if and when that will ever happen. Um, but Blizzard in China. Oh boy, here we go. Man, <laughs> uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of companies, a lot of, uh, a lot of companies have been exposed recently for bowing down to their Chinese overlords. Because there's a lot of money to be had in the Chinese market. It's not just Blizzard, which we'll get into the details here in a minute, but the NBA, 
the players of the NBA, uh, like a lot of people and a lot of a lot of a lot of regular people out there are starting to realize just how much our you know American companies are in bed with the Chinese who may share some of our same interests, but definitely don't share the same values that we have. Uh, you know, we're a uh, democratic system, although more of a republic, republic, republic democracy. I'm not exactly sure of the uh, 100% like the type of government we have, but I'm pretty sure it's like a republic democracy or whatever. But Representative democracy. Representative democracy, yeah. republic. But they're a very repressive communist regime. Uh, they have done some pretty horrible things to a lot of people. And, man, if you come out and you side against them, they don't like that. And uh, when the Chinese government tells people to shut up, those people shut up. Uh, it happened to uh, the NBA uh, this last week. Um, What's his name? LeBron? Yeah, LeBron. LeBron showed his ass. I saw, I saw, like, some memes where LeBron was, like, like taking, licking the boots of the Chinese. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with the NBA, so I wasn't sure what exactly happened there, but I'm guessing it's a similar situation to Blizzard, right? Very similar. So Blizzard, what happened was uh, one, of the cat, one of the people who play Hearthstone uh, came out in support of the Hong Kong stuff that's currently going on. And Blizzard didn't like that, and they banned him, took away his earnings, and also then, like, kind of fired the two casters for letting happen, even though they didn't do anything. Eventually, people um, people got upset, uh, and Blizzard kind of went back, and they reduced the guy's suspension to six months and gave his money back, and said that their relationship with China had nothing to do with it, all this stuff which is a complete farce and a, a lie. Um, and you wanted to rant about it because you were brokenhearted over Blizzard doing this, Jez. Um, I mean, people who know me probably know by now I'm a pretty emotional guy. <laughs> I fly off the handle when people, you know, attack my friends. Um, you, know, I, you know, if people attack my outlet, I get defensive and stuff like that. But when it comes to Blizzard, Blizzard has a unique place in my heart. Like, for, for, for a lot of gamers of a certain age, especially those who play World of Warcraft and stuff like that, and the reason WoW Classic is so popular, not because it's a good game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Internet. It's because of nostalgia. It's because of how it, how it made everyone feel when it came out. There's nothing really like it. I mean, yeah, borrowed from other MMOs, but no, no, no developer had executed it as well as Blizzard. And, you know, and even before before World of Warcraft, there was Warcraft 3, Starcraft, which I also played, and, you know, even going away to Blackthorn in the 90s and, and stuff like that. Like, the Blizzard Entertainment has, like, a long and storied history, and they've really spent a lot of time nurturing its community. They have, like, the biggest publisher convention on Earth in the form of BlizzCon. You know, it's bigger than MineCon and stuff like that. It's... It, and that's because of their fan base they've built up and the respect that they've earned with their fans for supporting their games really well, making high-quality titles, being transparent with the fans and all that sort of stuff. And it felt like they threw all that away. They, they threw all of that away 
for the sake of appeasing a dictatorship regime that has been accused of harvesting organs of prisoners without their permission, has been accused of running concentration camps to re-educate people to worship the state rather than their religion and stuff like that. It's an oppressive, horrible regime that I would very eagerly call evil. And, you know, Rand, you're, you're going to get banned from China for this podcast now. I'm sorry, man. You're going to join oh, no, me in, no. in... <laughs> if you ever wanted to go to China. Uh, bad luck, mate. But, um, you know, they censor things. They, they don't let their, their population know the truth and stuff like that. And you can argue whether, you know, that's a good system or not in theory, you know, especially given the amount of fake lies and bullshit that our democratic leaders spout on all sides, by the way, that was a, that was a non-partisan comment, um, <clears throat> or bipartisan comment, but um, it's, it was just really depressing to see the way, not just how they bent over the Chinese government, and that's, that's not against the Chinese people, because they're victims in this too, whether, whether they believe it or not, they are. Um, but ultimately, it's kind of like, it was, it was just, it just felt really insulting, especially after the whole Diablo Moore thing, and it was just like, they were just lying blatantly to the community. I mean, if they'd come out and said, yeah, you know, we need that money because we want to be a global publisher, we've hired, we've hired staff based on the cash flow we get from Asia, and if we throw all that away, we'll have to make layoffs and stuff like that. They've just been honest about it a little bit more. And said, like, yeah, we have to respect certain cultural differences in different places. If they'd been like, yeah, we'll clarify our rules, because the rules they banned Blitzchunk for doesn't say anything about political commentary. It says, do not bring the Blizzard brand into disrepute, which is vague as hell. And it just feels like everything they wanted to do around this was just, just seedy and non-Blizzard. So I think while, like, a lot of people, they feel like, they feel the plight of Hong Kong, but what what can you do realistically? Like, if you're living in the UK or, or the USA, what can you really do to boycott China? Literally everything is manufactured by China. You know, half the components in my computer are manufactured by China. What do I do? Do I, do I give up my livelihood to boycott China? Like, you can't do it. They're a global superpower. And, you know, capitalism has made its bed with China. You can't escape that. So I think a lot of the, the outrage just came from this sense that Blizzard cared more about its money than its values. And also this sort of creeping fear that Activision has changed Blizzard's culture for the worst. Like Blizzard has this statue outside its, outside its base which says, um, every voice matters. And the fact that they were like, you know, just basically throwing that away for the sake of a dictator. It was just just awful to see. And it's still awful to see because they just banned someone else for doing the same thing. Well, I don't know know if you heard, but, like, the whole tweet that got the Chinese upset with the NBA was Daryl Morey, who's the Rockets general manager. And all he tweeted was, like, you know, support for the Hong Kong stuff. That was it. Just, like, a two-word tweet uh, with, like, an image. And I don't know if you saw today, but the NBA commissioner said that the Chinese government demanded the NBA fire that uh, Daryl Morey. Like, demanded. 
he he gets fired. And the NBA is like, no, like uh, we're not going to. And they said they've lost substantial business because the, the you know China won't air the their games anymore. And it's crazy to see this all happen at once. I mean, South Park did an episode about it, which I thought was brilliant. That how much and and yeah, I, I, I see like Mr. Almighty Spartan God saying like you know there are other communist countries out there uh, like Cuba, North Korea, Vietnam. But the problem is there's not billions of dollars and huge thriving markets in those countries, so nobody really cares about them. Nobody's nobody's bending to those company uh, to those countries' wills. China is a world power. A lot of the stuff we use here. In the United States is made there. A lot of American businesses uh, do business there. There's a lot of money to be had. And let's just imagine the situation was a little bit different. Let's imagine if Donald Trump uh, demanded somebody from the NBA be fired. We'd all be laughing. We'd all be laughing because he can't. Because here in the States we have freedom of speech, which protects us from the government. We can say whatever we want. To any political, you know, person outside of like, you know, saying, you know, like, hey, inciting, you know, like murder or whatever, like that, right? Yeah, everything except threats, basically. Yeah, basically, They're like they can't, they can't do anything to you. They can't, they, they can't really do anything in the private sector. It's out of their purview. But the Chinese government is different. They, they operate on different values and a different system. And the fact that they've they've demanded the NBA fire one of their own personnel over all this stuff is just it's laughable, but it's a, but it's exactly what they do. When the Chinese tell you to shut up, when that the government tells you to shut up, it's like you shut up because there's billions of dollars on the line, and we all know money talks. I mean, and it, it's tough for me to like. Even put in the shoes of any of those guys because I don't got a billion dollars on the line with China. Would I be saying these comments right now if I, I could? I, I would. I, I had a lot of money tied up in the Chinese market. You know, no, of course not. So there's like no lot. Like you can say whatever you want when there's no cost to you. But when the cost to you is billions of dollars, like it was to LeBron and a lot of the NBA players who were very critical of Donald Trump and what's going on here in America and very, you know, social justice stuff, everything that's going on. But suddenly they don't want to talk about political stuff anymore when it comes to China because now they're not educated enough. Like, cut me. Like, like I don't even know what I want to say. It's like, y'all been exposed. Y'all been exposed. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. But we kind of had to talk about it because it's in, it's 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 invaded gaming because Tencent is one of the biggest publishers out there. Yeah, Big, that, they're that, bigger that, than they're they're bigger than yeah. Sony. They're bigger than Microsoft. They're the biggest. Like last last like year, they made more more money than Sony did. More money than PlayStation. They they have so many. They have their fingers in everything. Right? They they own a part of Epic. They own completely, like, Riot Games. They've invested in a lot of stuff. They are out there, and it's a complete Chinese company. And if you want to do business there, then you got to do the business the Chinese way, man. You know? It's screwed up. Straight up, it's, it's messed up. And it's kind of like... But this is the issue. It's like, once you throw in with China, that's it. 
you can't escape. Because if you grow to a point where you use the Chinese money to hire a ton of people, and then your idea is, okay, we need that money to cash flow the wages of the people we've hired. And you've got to remember, Blizzard has hired... I know Blizzard laid off 800 people at the start of the year. But that was just Activision padding, padding the books, basically. They've started rehiring a lot of those people, which is, like, hilarious. And they've now got more developers than they've ever had. Like, a lot of those layoffs were in marketing and, and uh, customer service and stuff like that. But they also laid off a bunch of developers and, and people like that. But they've hired a lot of them back now. And they've hired more devs than ever because they know that they're, they're competing with Tencent's Riot Games more than ever now. And to cash flow that, they need Chinese money. Yeah, and, and if they if they piss off the Chinese market, they don't get the Chinese money, and then they have to they have to fire everyone who was ca- being cash flowed by that money. Now you could argue that maybe Blizzard doesn't deserve to have that money because they're supporting a regime that's evil, basically. And this ain't this ain't about boycotting China because that's impossible to do in any sort of realistic way, you know, for an individual. It's like the only way you can really escape China is if you go and live in the woods. I ain't, I ain't about to do that. I'm, I'm sorry. And, like, I ain't. But what I can do is I can be, like, angry at Blizzard for being hypocritical and lying to its community, bare lying. They totally just lied, saying that it wasn't about China when Blizzard China put out a, a tweet saying something like, we will always defend the pride of China, like some cult, cult-ass stuff, you know. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the lies, man. It's the lies. So it's like, it just feels like Blizzard's gone, too far gone. It's no longer, they're no longer about the community. They're all about money. And even if it means supporting dictators to get that money. So that's like why I was depressed about it. Because there's nothing I can do about the Hong Kong situation. There's nothing I can do about it. But I can sure as hell be mad at Blizzard for supporting that shit. And I will be. And uh, D.I. Almighty Spartan God says, Tencent's not bigger than Microsoft. Obviously, I wasn't referring to company size. No, that was saying that gaming division. Their gaming revenue is more than PlayStation. It's more than Xbox. Like, when you rank them, it's Tencent, PlayStation, Xbox. One, two, and three. So they're a big competitor. They're they're right there, and they have a lot. Of, they have a lot of uh, you know, they got a lot of uh, their hands and pies and stuff. But either way, um, you know what I think. I'm that they own grinding gear games, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, that, that was also funny. Um, Tim Sweeney came out and said, "As long as I'm in charge of Epic Games, we'll let our players say what they want." I'd love someone to test that in practice and see what happens. I would love that. I know, right? As Tim Sweeney doesn't give a damn because he's personally worth billions. So it's not going to affect him personally. But I'd love to see what happened if Tencent, you know, tried to sanction him or pull their money out or something. Because they'd have to fire people. You know, a lot of the money they make is through the partnership they've got with Tencent. And because Tencent, the, the investment that you get from Tencent allows you to distribute your game in, in China, which is a, a massive market. And, like, if you don't have partnership with a Chinese company like NetEase and Tencent, then you can't distribute there 
because the government is evil and it's not an open system. So Fortnite can only distribute in China because of its partnership with Tencent. World of Warcraft can only distribute in China because of its partnership with Tencent or, or NetEase or whatever company it is. But to, uh, I don't know, I'd love, I'd love a Fortnite player to put that into practice just to see what would happen if Tim Sweeney holds true to his word because and the, and the, the, the naive thing about what Tim Sweeney said is that um, he ain't going to be the CEO of Epic Games forever you know and it, it's telling that he said as long as I'm the CEO blah 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 he knows he ain't going to be the CEO forever and he knows that as soon as he's gone that's it it's, that's it the Tencent will basically have the whole company yeah, Tencent is a very dark force in gaming right now. They are an extremely dark force, and um, and that's ultimately who Xbox sees as their primary competition. Now, we talk about on this podcast that Xbox doesn't see PlayStation as competition. It's it's more about protecting the gaming industry from the nefarious influence of China, and protecting the Western gaming culture, which is ultimately one of free expression. Like, you should see the kind of censorship that Western games get in China. It's it's sad. You know, like, PUBG is called, like, Freedom Game or something, and it's like soldiers fighting for freedom or, or some bullshit like that. I can't even remember what it's called. But it's it's just weird and creepy, you know, that a government can have that much power over its citizens and the citizens can't do shit about it, or they get disappeared by the state. Yeah, you get disappeared and put in a you know, concentration camp somewhere. And, like, I ain't, like... I, I often see people, on, Chinese people on Reddit defending China, saying, oh, it's not that bad. It's just Western propaganda. And, again, I, maybe that's true. I haven't been to China. I haven't got, like, I haven't got a satellite, which all I can do is trust that uh, Western journalists are telling the truth when they say, look, we've got satellite image data of concentration camps, or we can trust people who've escaped from China and said they harvested my organs because there are loads of accounts like that out there. You know, look at Tiananmen Square. You know. And I don't want to get political on this podcast, but that's the problem with China being in games. It makes things political. And like, I, I saw people saying stuff like, oh, just keep politics out of games. Defending Blizzard for, for, for not letting them speak about Hong Kong. But the very, the very act of denying him free speech is political. So, what can you do? Yeah, it's not just it's not just like the NBA and the gaming industry. It's also the movie industry. They do specific things to, you know, appeal to the Chinese market and all that stuff. Every everybody wants a piece. Of yeah, I don't. Pie. I don't mind. I don't mind. Like if if a if a country if a democratic country, for example, decides that they don't want specific types of censorship in games, like. Games are censored heavily in Germany because Germany has a, shall we say, a sensitive relationship with violence. Let's let's call it that. It took years for Germany to allow games like Gears of War to be uncensored. And even now, even now, like, people who I know in Germany who are, like, intelligent adults and stuff like that, they, they, they are still terrified of games. Just because, like, of the propaganda that's out there about games calling violence and stuff like that, and the, the media often blames violent video games for, like, shootings that happen in Germany, which are actually, you know, I mean, there was just a shooting very recently, actually, in, in Germany. And 
it happens here, you know, because they have, like, access to guns, you know, in this country. So they often blame video guys for that stuff. And it's uh, if, if a country wants to censorship stuff, that's fine. But the problem is, like, when it affects free countries like the U.S. and the U.K., which don't have censorship. When, when, like, when Ubisoft wanted to censor, they wanted to censor Rainbow Six Siege for China, but for everyone. That's when it's bad. It's like, why should we have to put up with China's censorship in our free countries? Why should we have to do that? Just because China's got loads of money? If, if devs want to have China's money, they better sure as hell make two different versions of the game. Or have two different versions of the rules. Because China doesn't play by the same rules that we play by. So. Yep. Yeah, so sorry for getting political. It's probably like the only time we'll talk about stuff like that, but just because it affected Blizzard and everyone, I don't know, like all these companies are just showing their ass um, about it. So I figured we, we, we'd talk about it. But uh, it's probably a good point to end the show. Of course, we still take questions. So everybody wants to ask us, ask us a question. Make sure you put it in chat. We want to thank everybody for tuning out or tuning into the show. Uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Um, hope you guys enjoy this later if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. Um, yeah, man. Like, uh, good show, Jez. Like, I, you know, week off. A lot to talk about here. Um, and uh, Hasdor has a question for you. He says, how's the game Wolfenstein censorship in Germany, Jez? Do... They really remove Hitler mustache. Uh, I actually, I'm not sure. You know, I think Wolfenstein Youngblood was uncensored. It was. It was like the first one that was. But previously, I don't think uh, they they couldn't show the swastika. Uh, I believe in the previous ones, right? I think that yeah, was. And that's like another issue. Like the way that, like in Call of Duty: World at War. Not World of War. In Call of Duty, World War Two, and in Battlefield Five, there's no swastikas. And it's like, do you want to pretend these people didn't exist or something? Like, how does that help the issue? And that's like, that's a, that's a European law, where like, but actually, it's not even a European law. Like, you are allowed to have swastikas in art. You're just not allowed to have it like, um, you're not allowed to wear it down the street or support it but you're allowed to, like, depict it in a historical context, which is exactly what Battlefield Five would have done. So, I don't know. But that's a completely different issue. I, I honestly don't know what the censorship status is on stuff like that. A lot of it is, like, developers are allowed to do it, but they just don't. Like, like for example, Wolfenstein Youngblood has swastikas in, but it's still a very sensitive topic here in Germany, obviously. But it shouldn't be, because it was a million years ago. But it's going to be again now because the, there was a neo-Nazi shooting just last week. So, <sighs> well, Girthquake wants. I, to know. I don't like censorship. Yeah, I don't. I don't like, I don't like censorship either. Um, as long as, like, like I said, with like the tox. I know some people say censorship with the toxic filters. Like, well, you can still have it be displayed to you. Like, you don't have to set the settings. You know, but if like some fourteen old censorship is like, yeah, like bad. if some fourteen-year-old kid is playing Fortnite and someone, you know, he wins. And, you know, people start calling him names and stuff. Like, he shouldn't have to see that. He shouldn't have to be subjected to that. There should be some way to filter that out, which is what they're doing. So, um, Girthquake wants wants to know, thoughts on the next-gen consoles being really close in power? 
So that was something that came out yesterday from another insider at Reset Era. Basically said the two systems are virtually identical, but if he had to give the edge to one, he said the PS5 is slightly more powerful than Scarlet. Well, so this, this is the thing, right? There's no such thing as slightly more powerful. That there's there's one that's more powerful and there's one that's less powerful. Like it could the, the difference could be so imperceptible that only Digital Foundry could find the difference, and that that'll be enough for the narrative. Like whoever whoever's there's no such thing as one. There's no such thing as identical. One's going to be like more powerful than the other, even if it's just by a few pixels, and people would pick up on that and be mad about it. Yeah. So. Um, I think, like, I don't think Microsoft can afford to lose that narrative. They cannot afford to lose it. They have, Xbox One at Scarlet has to be more powerful than PlayStation 5. Otherwise, well, they've... It has to be more powerful, and if they're not, then it has to be cheaper. Yeah. Like, if, if the PlayStation 5 is more powerful, and it's coming in at 500, then Scarlet better be 400. Even if it's roughly the same. Because... I mean, we've already seen what happened. I mean, PlayStation is just kind of more of a bigger brand worldwide. Uh, I think I think Microsoft needed that kind of feather in their cap. They're saying, we are the most powerful, but if you don't got that and they're basically just the same, I think people just choose PlayStation, so you got to undercut them on price at that point. So It's it's also like they lose their backwards compatibility differentiation too next gen. Well, yeah, because the, the rumor is that well, we know that it's backwards compatible with the PlayStation 4, but there's now a rumor that it might even be backwards, backwards compatible with discs on the PS1 and PS2. I mean, so that's it's going to be... That would be it, big. I mean, if, like, the PS5 actually had backwards compatible with, like, all the generations of PlayStation... I, I still have all of my PlayStation 1 and PS2 games. If, like, they're in England. But if I was living back in England and I still had my PS1 and PS, PS2 games... I'd buy a PS5 day one if I could go back and play, like, Shadow Hearts and Legend of Dragoon I mean, there's, there's and all no these reason, games that you just can't play anymore. There's no reason why there, it couldn't be PS1 and PS2 back and back, right? Like, I, I mean, I, there's no reason, really. No. PS3 may be a little bit tougher, you know, like, they'd have to emulate that. Uh, maybe they put the cell processor in, although that would be a big boon for them if they could get, hey, if you still own your PS1, PS2, and PS3 discs, you can play them on the PS5. I mean, that would be pretty big for them, but uh, Face wants to know, what's up, Rand and Jazz? Are you guys looking forward to Jedi Fallen Order besides me? Previews for the Fallen Order are very positive. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Jedi Fallen Order. I like Star Wars quite a bit, and it looks very much similar to Sekiro. Of course, not as hard as Sekiro, and Sekiro currently is, like, my number one or number two game of the year, basically. So, yeah, I'm Respawn hasn't let me down. They've made nothing but great games over the years, even when they were Infinity Ward making Modern Warfare, and even before that when they were um, making Medal of Honor for EA. So, yeah, I'm 100% down and super looking forward to Jedi Fallen Order. It's um, uh, one of my colleagues, Jennifer Locke, just got back from a preview with Jedi Fallen Order, and she was really excited for it. Um, it's kind of like... I in my mind I automatically write off anything with EA branding on it now, but I'm hoping that Respawn can pull through and make something that's really the fans deserve, man. Because EA has sucked a big one for the past couple of years. So Chris, you see, um, Dragon Age Four 
teasers have started going up on the Dragon Age Twitter, by the way. I did. So Kratopsy uh, says that PS3 emulation is actually a thing on PC right now. Um, yeah, so maybe 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 you know, those rumors are true, and like the PlayStation 5 is literally the ultimate PlayStation machine. Plays current games and like every game from like you know. I mean, obviously there might be some thing where they couldn't get the rights to a, a game because the developer went under or the publisher went under and stuff, kind of like it is on Xbox. But I mean, that would be yeah, they would basically take what would be perceived as a negative from this gen into an overwhelming positive. Like, we have the entire PlayStation back catalog, and, you know, that's a lot of nostalgia for plenty of people, right, Jez? We always talk about that nostalgia. I don't think they could... The problem is they couldn't do it digitally because of licensing. Like, the source code for some of these games, like Legend of Zagoon, do they even exist anymore? Would they have to, like, use a pirated ROM to get those games on the system? Like, there's, there's, there's legal implications about getting some of these classic games... God, man, I would love to play Nightmare Creatures again. Like, do you remember Nightmare Creatures on PlayStation 1? Oh, my God, what a game. An amazing game. But, like, that's what I'm talking about. There's just so much nostalgia to be had on PlayStation, which is something Xbox just doesn't, doesn't have access to. Like, Microsoft just doesn't have that wealth of nostalgia globally. I know, like, there's, 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 there's a lot of nostalgia in the U.S. For, for things like Halo, which we're still getting. But, like, some of those older games on Xbox that people have nostalgia for, like Conquer, for example, I don't know. I, I didn't even, like, I didn't even know that existed until recently. So. Yeah. Um, JD Gamer, thanks for the super chat. He says, is it true that Xbox equals Arcturus and PlayStation 5 equals Navi Gonzalo? Uh, I, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I thought they were both using. I thought they were both using Navi. I didn't. I. I don't. I. I'm not. I'm not the right person. The lights are cool ones. And uh, uh, let's see here. We got um. Katopsi wants to know. Other than Mikey Barr, one of the few Xbox executives I have faith in, who would be the second most promising executive to good to do good for Xbox? Um. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like my interactions with Xbox executives were mostly. Uh, mostly uh, with Phil Spencer. Uh, I talked to him a lot. I talked to Yabar a lot. Um, well, there was, I don't like there. It's ultimately like Mike's position was basically created for Mike, um, like overseeing, making sure people were doing their job. Like maybe Phil could fill that fill that role too. But I like. Mean, Bill Stillwell's doing a great job. Um, I, I like. Him. Yeah, like I literally, I literally thought Bill when Bill Stillwell when you said like that. he did great work on Back and Pat, and he's like doing the X Cloud stuff. He seems to be a very cool guy. Like I don't, I, I like the only two executives I talked to at Microsoft were Phil and Mike. Um, I mean, I talked to other employees, but they're not executives. So, I mean, I think like basically put it this way. If um, if xCloud is a success and Bill Stillwell can do for xCloud licensing and library what he did for Back and Pat, I think you'll see Bill Stillwell get promoted in the future. Yeah. The dude is a cool, is a cool guy. He believes Xbox, and he he did an amazing job getting the Back and Pat library as big as it is. Like there's so many games on there that I thought would never come, and um, 
you know, and that's a great that's a great differentiator for Xbox. Where in a world where like they they lost the power narrative for years, and they were like, okay, well, we might not be the most powerful console, but we're gonna let you run your old 360 games on this thing because that's what the fans wanted, and he he delivered that, leading that leading the charge there. So I think you'll see if if Xbox is a big success, I think you'll see Bill promoted. Yeah, and uh, another super chat from Jaded Gamer. He says, "Could XO19 be the start of the MS hype train leading up to the GDC reveal, E3 blowout, and then a super exciting November 2020 launch?" I mean, yeah, it, it could be. Um, like I said, we, I mean, me and just hope they talk about Scarlet again. At well, put, well, put it this way: like what Microsoft tends to do is they like to they like to put the audience's focus on a particular thing. So, like, the, the focus before was Gears of War, but that's out, that's out now and out in the wild, and they're just sort of serving the fans that are playing that game. So now, what, what is... Um, and for that, I feel truly blessed. Thank you, NHS, and everyone who works there. Yeah. Um, bigger question. Will you find out what's wrong with you before we get uh, pricing for PS5 and Series X? <laughs> oh, man. I think, like... We won't know the pricing for the PlayStation and Xbox Series X until civilization has already crumbled into dust, and maybe archaeologists thousands of years in the future will discover the price from the ruins of Microsoft headquarters in the rubble. But I still can't believe we're at September. <laughs> like two months away from essentially Series X launching, and, well... People are still going out. I, I get DMs every single day about uh, people asking me what I think the price is going to be. And I, you know, for like, I don't know, since like 2018, or maybe it was when you originally reported on the two system uh, skew that they were going with, you know, the Anaconda and Lockhart. Yeah. I've always kind of thought I was going to be 499 and 299 and I'm going to stick with that. And either I'm going to be 100% right, and I'll be vindicated, or I'll be completely wrong, and the system's going to be $600. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I have a good feeling about my initial uh, predictions about the price point. It's just, I, it's just, it's a little bit frustrating because I, I think it's a little bit different how people. Uh, I think people get addicted to the hype cycle of the consoles, and because there wasn't, there really isn't uh, that much of a hype cycle as 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 much as in the past. Uh, people are going through what, what would be the best way to describe it? Withdrawals, maybe? Yeah, you know? maybe. Like, I, was, I was literally talking to someone about this yesterday and how there's like a sort of expectation about how a console launch should be. And because of COVID and also because generations are kind of blurring together now. Like Xbox is basically fully backwards compatible it's running the same architecture, essentially, as Xbox One X with some upgrades. It runs the same development environment, ERA. It's almost like more like the One X launch than a new generation launch. And there's not really any games that, so far, showcase what next gen will be capable of in terms of ray tracing or ridiculous frame rates and stuff like that. Except for Gears 5, I guess, which is an older game. So... It does feel like a different console generation launch, but I think this is how it's going to be moving forward, to be mm. honest. But it's, that's okay. It's okay. It means the industry is maturing. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Apple and Samsung can announce, like, what, phones a month before they come out with price, and everybody's perfectly acceptable with that. Hell, NVIDIA just did the same with their 3,000 series cards, right? They just, a lot of heart for those. Yeah, there's suit, like, they, they just did their show one day and was like, by the way, here are the three cards, here are the prices on the three cards, and essentially two of them come out in, like, what, a couple weeks? Right? That's pretty much it, and it's like, yeah. They didn't they didn't need to do the full year hype cycle like Xbox did or half a year hype cycle that PlayStation has done and uh they're just like here's the product and here's the price and it comes out real soon and people are like yes sir so maybe maybe it it, it is just that maybe the uh uh people being annoyed with the lack of information regarding next gen doesn't won't really matter in the long run because whenever they do get prices the systems will be out in a matter of a month or two essentially um, it's um, there's like there's almost a nostalgia associated with it, like the, the the queues, people lining up, and the you know Microsoft and Sony getting celebrities involved to do these like red carpet launches and stuff like that. They don't do that for graphics cards. They don't do that for phones anymore. That you know they they don't do it for like the Galaxy Note and all these other electronics. I think it's just a, it's just a case of like the console industry sort of growing up a bit. And, yeah, if if you're into the nostalgia of, like, what a console generation launch would feel like. I remember people were freaking out that the Xbox Series X didn't have its own dashboard. You know, it's going to have the same dashboard, essentially, that we've got right now on the Xbox One. Like, and people were mad about that. And I was like, what if it works? What's the problem? And it's because it's just, it goes against that nostalgia of having a new dashboard, which is something that usually happens when you get a new console. Yeah. Even if, like, it's a worse dashboard, at least it'd be a new dashboard. I mean, people forget, like, how horrible the Xbox One dashboard was when we got it November 2013, right? Like, you had the OG mm-hmm. Xbox and you know, how that looked. You had all the iterations on the 360 dashboard, which and I still think had the best iteration of the guide. And then you had the Xbox One with how it looked and how, basically, how much it's changed from 2013 to now. And since they spent a lot of time tweaking it and fixing it with the Insider program, like, we kind of knew, man, they're doing a lot of these features, they're doing a lot of these fixes. Uh, there's no way they're going to be building another new dashboard for Series X. It's like, this is, the dashboard is going to be exactly what we're testing, and that ended up being the case. So, yeah, it's just kind of uh, subverting people's expectations. Like, every, everything's supposed to be new, and it's supposed to be this, long, you know, hype cycle with these prices given out at a certain point, and because it's not happening, whether, you know, for reasons of, you know, the pandemic going on in the world, which I'm sure has 100% impacted, you know, plans of both companies, uh, I think people, I think some people miss that. You know, they miss... I keep, I keep hearing people say, they should delay the launch, they should de- delay the launch. I'm like, why? Like, why delay it? Like, if the hardware's done, just launch it. It's not going to change anything if they delay it. It's not going to make the hype. Like, it's the, people literally want it to be delayed so they can have a better hype cycle for it. Like, there's literally, I can't, literally can't think of another reason for it. No, but, I mean, you're, you're yeah. right on that one because, like, the production, the production train is moving, right? It's producing so many units a day. Those units need to, you know, be stored somewhere. Then they need to be shipped off whenever they need to be shipped off to sold. 
if you were to stop produ- if you were to delay the console uh, x amount of months, then you like what do you do to production? Do you halt production? Like all these contracts have been in place, and these production lines are supposed to run as smooth as possible. So I think it's like it's like what Phil said in the interview with IGN. It's like the hardware would be ready. It's the problem is the software. You know, uh, the hardware is going to be good to go. They're going to have, they're probably going to have a decent amount of units ready. I'm sure there'll be some people that won't be able to get one, whether it's the PlayStation 5 or Series X based on demand or based on how many units are actually put out there. But, um, you know, you can always obviously wait until a couple months later. Like, I didn't get the 360 right away. Like, even though I camped out, I didn't really camp out, but, like, I went to a bunch of different places on day one. I wasn't able to get the 360 until about January, so a couple months after it came out. Um, so, yeah, I, I do expect this launch to be a little bit limited, in maybe in comparison to uh, the Xbox One or the PS4 launch, but I still think there'll be plenty of plenty of units to go around. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to say uh, to see what, what happens. Uh, Mr. Joanna Dark has a nice comment for us, Jez. He says, just want to say I love the show. I enjoy your thoughts and insights about the gaming industry and Xbox. Jez, got a Note 20 Ultra, and I'm loving it. Hell yeah, I got mine too. Damn nice phone. The camera is just... The zoom on the camera is just sick. Yeah, Take so... me back to the Lumia 1020 days, except now it's an actual octa-core processor and not a dual-core processor. So I want to thank everybody for joining us on Saturday. It's obviously my fault this time. We're doing the podcast on a different day. Um, the <laughs> funny story. So what happened was I went to take a shower. Uh, what day was that? Uh, Thursday. I went to take a shower on Thursday. Turned on the shower, waited a couple minutes for it to warm up. And what, what, what would you know? Never warmed up. Completely just cold as F, dude. Right? And I was sitting there, I'm like, no, the the hot water heater is, is dead. I'm like, oh, my God. So, of course, I'm going to take a, take a really, I'm in, like, really, really cold water. Uh, I haven't taken a really, really cold uh, shower in a long time, and my God. Like, I was like, <laughs> in there, and I was out of there so fast. Uh, so, yeah, yesterday, uh, we had the hot water heater, we had the repairman come, and he had to replace the whole thing. So, he had to... You have to remove the old one and basically put in a new one. And where the hot water heater is is basically 10 feet away from where uh, my setup is for the PC. So there was a lot of noise. And, yeah, uh, so there was no way we were going to be able to do a podcast with all the noise going on. So that's why it is uh, – that's why we're doing it on uh, Saturday. So sorry about that. Although, although some people do like we doing it on Saturday, but I, I prefer Fridays just in case uh, we have an issue on Friday. We can always do it on Saturday because if we, you know, if we do the podcast Saturday and we can't ah, do yeah. it, then it's Sunday and it's just like, ah, so. Yeah, Saturday is like the backup day. Yeah. Yeah, so we appreciate everyone being here on Saturday. Uh, if you guys could do us a favor, uh, hit the like button, subscribe button, uh, but really important you guys hit the share button, let people know we're live. YouTube does a crap job at letting people, notifying, uh, people that the podcast is live. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, Xbox the September event, uh, Xbox Series X leaking and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. They just need to announce the system at this point. I mean, they've leaked it themselves. 
uh, a whole bunch of other topics, and I finished Marvel Avengers, and I'm going to give my thoughts on it. I did see that on Metacritic, it's sitting at a nice 70 on Xbox, and like a 73, 73 on PlayStation. We'll see, we'll see if my thoughts align with that, but yeah, uh, before we get into the big topics of the show, um, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Jess, tell me a game you've been playing. We'll go a little back and forth. You tell me a game, I'll tell you a game, back and forth. So what have you been playing? Remnant from the Ashes. Oh, I played that game with, uh, my buddy Gopher and Magic, um, not that long ago. It was, it was, it was kind of cool. It was, it was, it was a janky game, uh, Dark Soulsian Shooter, but it, but it was yeah. fun. Yeah, like the, there are aspects of it that are janky, like the animations, the facial animations, some of the voice acting is... Woo! And, um, but I feel like they really nailed the shooting. Like, the guns feel really precise and fun to use, especially when you're hitting weak points. The bosses are cool. I think that optimization is cool. Um, I, don't have a, I don't have a clue what's going on in the game. Like, I don't understand the lore and stuff like that, but as a as a sort of loot-based shooter, I find it way more interesting than Destiny. I find it way more interesting than Borderlands, even though it is kind of, you can feel the budget, you know? Um, but I'm really excited for that franchise. I think, like, they'd be crazy not to do another one and sort of build on it and reinvest in it. Um, it's made by the developers of Darksiders, published by Perfect World. Um, you know, they're not the biggest publisher out there, but... If I was them, I would reinvest hard in that franchise because I think it's got a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I streamed it with Miles earlier on Windows Central Gaming Channel. Starting to get back into game streaming now. Um, so if any of you guys watching were there, shout out and thanks for joining us on our first test stream. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to put some clips up on Twitter later. Um, what else have I been playing? It's been a busy week. There's actually one game I've been playing that I can't really talk about. I've been uh, playing um, Peril of Gorgon, Peril on Gorgon. That's the uh, Outer Worlds DLC. Outer Worlds DLC, yeah. I think it's Peril on Gorgon, which is an asteroid. I can sort of talk about the first hour of it. So, basically in Peril of Gorgon, or is it on Gorgon? I can't remember. But... Basically, you're on your ship and someone mails you a severed arm with an audio file attached to it. <laughs> and um, it sort of kickstarts a mystery about where the hell did this arm come from. And then there's like this eccentric billionaire wants you to do a job for them. And you sort of, it's sort of like a murder mystery sort of thing. You trace back um, the steps of this murdered dude to this asteroid, Gorgon. And then you sort of, unravel some sort of, you know, corporate conspiracy, cover-up sort of thing. Um, you know, it's a great excuse to go back to the outer worlds. I don't know how long it is just yet, but I'm playing through it and I'm going to review it next week. But um, Also, I've been playing Pillars of Eternity, because uh, I don't know if I told you this, Rand, but I lost my 70-hour save. You lost? How'd you lose a 70-hour save? Well, it turns out, that even though Xbox has cloud saves by default, Xbox Game Pass for PC doesn't. So because I just assumed that all Xbox games, if I have to sign in to a game with my Xbox Live account, it should have cloud saves. But because of eternity, on Xbox Game Pass, doesn't. 
and it's not really obvious when you go into the Xbox Game Pass or PC app whether it has cloud saves or not. It's sort of there in the small print if you can find it. And uh, I obviously found out the hard way that Xbox Game Pass for PC doesn't have pervasive cloud saves. So I've had to start over from the beginning. Um, I don't mind doing it because I made loads of mistakes in my first playthrough and I can make more efficient characters and stuff like that and maybe try some of the other decisions. I've already tried, like, choosing different paths through the game, even, like, the, even the very early quest, the completely different things you can do based on your decisions in the story because, uh, you know, it's that kind of RPG. But, yeah, losing 70-hour 70 hour, 70 save file is, I think that's the worst save file loss I've ever endured. That's a lot. So, yeah. I, I would never play the game again. If I lost 70 hours on a game, <laughs> I would be completely done. I'd be like, well, you know what? I really enjoyed my time with this game, but moving on. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because there's games where, like, I tend to, once I kind of move away from a game, I don't go back. Uh, I haven't finished Witcher 3 yet, right? Because I forget what was going on at the time, but I have like 50 hours into Witcher 3, which is a lot. But something else happened, and I moved off of the game, and I just never went back to it. And I do want to go back to it because I do want to finish the game, but it's one of those things where it's just, it's, I have to start over, which I tried, but it's like, I've, I have a hard time replaying content where I know everything that's already happened. So I'm like, I have to play through 50 hours of Witcher again and to get to any of the new stuff. But like, for me, this, this is one of the reasons why I don't replay games a lot is like, I, I find replaying the same content that I just played not really enjoyable. And I know that's maybe weird. Maybe some people might agree with me. Maybe other people, uh, won't, but, I like playing games like one time. Like a second time, it's just it's just nowhere near as enjoyable. Um, so I, I feel you. Like for me, if that happened, I'd be done. I'd be like, nope, done. And <laughs> Katapsi says, what are your PG and Modern Warfare save files? Well, I mean, those, you know, those aren't single-player long campaigns. Those are just, I don't even know if they have that. Like it's just stats on a server, you know, like, oh, I've, I played this many hours and, I played, uh, you know, I have this many amount of kills, but yeah, that sucks. Seventy hours is a is a lot to lose. <laughs> it's weird though, because I'm like you. Usually, if that had happened with another game, I'd be like, I'm not going back to it. That's 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 it. But with Pillars, I was enjoying it so much, and there's so much to take in, and the fact that you can like do different things, and you know, I've made a different class, and I'm taking different decisions through the story, seeing like the other side. I don't mind. Like I've I've already put like another fifteen hours in, and I'll probably I'll probably get back to where I was in the story much quicker as well because I actually know what I'm doing this time. So uh, I'm, I don't mind. Like, it's, it's such a good game. I'm like I'm a, since Wasteland Three, man. I've been on such a CRPG kick. I think I'm just gonna play CRPGs and nothing else forever. But I am really enjoying Remnant from the Ashes as well. So I'm gonna be going through that with Miles. And, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing this week, man. Awesome. So, <laughs> I played two games, and I'm going to tell you about one of them here first. Uh, but thanks to Rusty Ginger for the super chat. Appreciate that, man. Uh, I played a game on Steam called Among Us with my friends. 
have you heard anything about this game? Because it's, it's starting to kind of blow up in the streaming community. Like Shroud mm. streaming it and like a whole bunch of huge streamers. It's like an indie game that came out a couple years ago or something. Um, I don't know much about it. So essentially, it's a game where you get your friends together, and it's it's really basic, really basic indie game. Like you, you can watch a trailer or videos of it, right? You're just like, a, like you you play a character and you're on a spaceship or you're in a base and you got to complete tasks, right? Oh, I need to rewire the electrical stuff, right? And there's like everybody has a set of tasks to complete, and you can play the game with like a certain number of people, but the more the better. But within that group, so we were playing with, like, seven people. But within that group of seven, there's one imposter whose job it is is to sabotage what you're doing and kill off people, right? And the whole point of the game is, so while everybody's going off and completing their tasks, this one person who's the imposter, so think of it like the movie The Thing, is going around sabotaging, uh, trying to kill everybody, and when you when the imposter kills somebody and another person discovers the body, they report it and you have a voting round, right? And this is of course where the honor system com- comes in because you're not supposed to talk at all when the game when you're playing the game. Everybody's just doing whatever. There's no communications. And then when voting happens, when there's a body that's discovered, everybody can talk except for the dead body. And you're essentially trying to figure out. Who the imposter is. Wow. So you vote him out. What's kind of called? It's called Among Us. Among Us? Yeah. It's really, really cool. Like, I was a little bit... No, it's not on Xbox. It's only on PC at the moment. Like, I was a little bit, uh, you know, my buddies were like, hey, you should get on and play this. And I was like, eh, whatever. It's five bucks. I'm not expecting much. But we played it for like two and a half hours, and it was a blast. Like, people were lying, right? Because, like, you could have, like... Essentially, like, uh, you know, you're the imposter. It's your job to essentially, you know, it's like the thing, right? You, you cast doubt and suspicion on somebody else. And you're like, you know, like, oh, I, I think Sam did it, right? And everybody votes Sam off, and Sam was innocent, so they just killed off a, a regular person, <laughs> right? It's, it, it is, it awesome. is, it's a ton of fun, man. Like, check out some videos. There's some, uh, some, like, uh, streamers playing it or something like it is it is it is really a lot of fun and then the more people you have like the more imposters you can have in a group so if you have like 10 people you can have two imposters to the eight eight regular people and uh yeah it's just it's just a it's just a really cool game uh i think we're supposed to play it again tonight so looking forward to uh forward to that but the other game i was playing which i spent most of my time playing this week is marvel's avengers and my buddy Magic and my buddy Gopher have a bet on the Metacritic on this game. Gopher says it's going to be a 69 and below. Magic said it's going to be a 71 and above. And whoever loses has to watch a season of anime, right? What? That, that's not punishment. Well, it depends cool. on the anime. I guess you have to watch, right? Because Gopher, wow. Gopher doesn't want to watch uh, certain animes, and neither does Magic. So... My thoughts on Marvel Avengers. Um, I enjoyed the campaign quite a bit. I finished it. I played it probably around 13 hours. Uh, the campaign was much better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I had heard all the complaints about the people playing the beta. Like, I didn't play the beta, so I had no point of reference for it. And then I started playing the campaign, and the campaign starts off really well. Uh, you play as, like, Kamala Khan, uh, who I think is probably the best character in the game. And you kind of set up where 
what you've seen in a lot of the trailers is the A-Day, right, where everything goes wrong and there's the Golden Gate Bridge is being attacked and then eventually, like, the huge calamity happens and the city is kind of, uh, tons of people die and the city is basically destroyed, right? And then it skips to, like, five years later and you play as Kamala trying to get the Avengers back. Like, I'm not going to spoil the story for anybody. Uh, you know, you basically go, go along and you essentially bring the Avengers back by recruiting them, etc. And for the beginning of the campaign, I thought it was great. It was very much a story-driven, linear-focused game. I like Kamala's moves. And that's the other thing they did really well in this game was each of the, each of the characters, like Kamala, Tony Stark, or Black Widow, Hulk, they all play differently from one another. And their skill trees are, even though they're similar, they're very different. So when you play as Kamala, it's a very different experience than playing from Iron Man, which is a different experience from playing from Hulk. So they did a fantastic job of making each character feel unique. So kudos to Crystal Dynamics for that. The problem is is that eventually the campaign starts incorporating elements of the live service, shall we speak, right? So in the beginning of the campaign, like I mentioned, there's these really well-crafted levels uh, that, that have some great cinematics, some great storytelling, and then it opens up a little bit after you get Tony Stark, and it starts incorporating these levels that are just horribly made. This kind of just, hey, you go to this area, and it's kind of open, and there's just stuff everywhere. And when you press up on the D-pad to get your objectives, there's, like, question marks everywhere. Those are the multiplayer levels. There's, like, chests you got to pick up everywhere, which kind of slows it down. And for some reason, and this might be one of the biggest, what the, you know, WTF moments I've ever seen, is that the gear you pick up from these chests or that drop from the enemies, and most of the time, does the gears, the gear that you pick up is from the chests, uh, they don't change, it doesn't change how you look. So, the game's all about, eventually, like, leveling up your character, right? Increasing the power level of your character by getting better gear. You know, I think there's like four gear slots, like one for your head, one for your chest, one for your arms, essentially, right? But every new one you get, it doesn't change how it looks, which I think is pretty weird for a game like this. Like, this game wants to be Destiny at its core, but it doesn't have the cosmetic stuff. Right, they, right, they, right, 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 right. So I get a new piece of gear, uh-huh. and it looks the same. It's exactly the same. The only thing that changes is the stat bonuses associated with it, yeah. Wow. Because the cosmetics are tied to the costumes, which have a different uh, essential, a, di- a different way to buy them and a different way to make them. It is, it is, it is completely weird in that regard, right? So, yeah, the gear is essentially meaningless. It only exists to level you up and and have you spending time going around this poorly designed map. Like, each one of these maps are just poorly designed because the multiplayer maps, they're all essentially like stages. Oh, uh, you have this point you go to and you got to go over there and you got to kill an enemy. And then you go to the next part and it's like, oh, you got to destroy these four things. Or you go to the next next, next point and it's like, capture the zone, you stand in the zone, and they're all essential, like, remixes of that. Like, I hate those kind of multiplayer levels, and they threw a bunch of those in the campaign, but then there are campaign levels, which are 
the lot of set pieces on it. So it's like the campaign is really good outside of the levels that are multiplayer focused. Um, and I, I, the problem is like, I, I'm not interested in any of the after game stuff, like uh, in the live service or the games as a service stuff afterwards. Like I already know after I beat the game already, I'm never playing this game again because I'm, I'm just not interested in playing all those random missions to grind out gear to get more to get all the resources needed for the different things so I can buy different stuff from different factions and level up the different factions so I can buy higher gear, etc., uh, etc., et rinse and repeat. And it's it's funny because like each character has their own battle pass, which is free, but I guess it's paid for in the in, in the free characters coming, which you need to complete certain challenges with those characters. But, like, you earn XP only with the character you're using. So when you go through the campaign, you're not going to be really high-leveled with any of the characters except for maybe one. So you, after you beat the game, you're going to have to focus on one character, and you're going to have to grind out, do all these different missions, team up with people, and max that character out. But then your other characters aren't going to be leveled up at all. And then it's just rinse and repeat. Uh, with each one of the characters, if that's what, how you want to do it. And, like, I'm just not interested in doing that with any of the characters because the game isn't good enough. Maybe it will be a year from now. Like, there's a good, solid foundation here for something that could be uh, fantastic down the road. I don't think they have it nailed yet. Um, and I'm not sure I would rec. Like, if you're looking for the next game to spend a 1,000 hours in and you love this type of mindless, I'm just going to play a mission. I'm going to go around beating people up with Black Widow. I, I love getting these little stat bonuses, uh, increasing my character. Then maybe this is a game for you. It's definitely very much like Destiny, but nowhere near as good as Destiny, right? And that's coming from someone who's not a fan of Destiny. Uh, then maybe for you, if you're just interested in playing the campaign like I was, I'd probably give the game a 7.5 for the campaign. Uh, I was at like an 8, like... In the beginning of the campaign and the end of the campaign, I thought were really good. I was like, man, if the whole game was like this, it would definitely be an 8, maybe an 8.5 just for the campaign. But they throw in too many of these kind of just multiplayer missions that are just horribly designed and paced. And eventually, I just kind of got sick of exploring, trying to find the the, the boxes because they weren't really anything in them were worth a damn. And, yeah, so I finished the campaign. It took roughly, I would say, 13 hours, which is a decent which is a decent length, I would say. But I don't know if I could recommend it just for the campaign. So my current score for the game is like a 7.5. There's potential there for sure. And maybe after they add the DLC characters and uh, – Maybe change how some of the cosmetic stuff and and the gear and the resources because these some of the resources you get you just there's not a lot like I barely spent any resources uh, like the fragments you get from all these boxes spread out in the campaign I don't think I spent any of them and I only had sixteen hundred when I finished and that really could only get me a couple items from the weapon vendors and there's different weapon vendors there's like one on the one side for shield and one on the other faction, which you need to level up individually so you can actually buy higher gear, which it it's totally set up like Destiny like that, man. It's 
it, it's like, yeah, here's the campaign, and it gives you a nice, well-told story, and some of it's really good, and some of it's not. But then there's this whole other aspect of, like, the, the co-op, multiplayer, games of service stuff, which is not interesting whatsoever to me. I don't know. Yeah, I just... I'm not a big Marvel fan at all. Like, I watched Iron Man 2 yesterday for the first time, by the way. Which is an okay movie. Um, but like, I don't, I just don't get excited about the Marvel universe like some of the people do. And then you couple that with the fact that it's games as a service, which I just don't have time for really. And there aren't many games that do it well. Like basically, whenever I play any games as a service game, I always compare it to World of Warcraft. And it's not really a fair comparison because World of Warcraft has like this subscription, which has a constant revenue stream, which means I can do these like massive patches every few months, which keeps the game fresh. No other game can compete with that. Like Destiny's updates are just pathetic compared to World of Warcraft, and Marvel Avengers updates are going to be pathetic compared to World of Warcraft. So I just can't get into any of these other games, so I'll probably just skip it, but you know... It is what it is. I, w- I will say, um, with with all that said, I wasn't expecting much from this game. Like, watching all the previews, I thought it would just... I, I didn't think it was going to be any good. So, I will say that the campaign su- surprised me in a way that I wasn't expecting. Like, I thought it was a lot better than I expected it to be. There are, there are elements of the campaign that I really enjoyed. Like, honest to God, there are some really good moments during the campaign, but they're equally off-putting by some of those missions where you just get into it and you're just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I getting this gear that doesn't change how I look, that are just a couple stat stat bonuses higher? Like, it just, that is like the biggest W, you know, what what the F moment for me. It's like, you're constantly getting all this gear, but it doesn't change how you look whatsoever. And then the cosmetics, which do change how you look, well, they have a different way of, you know, getting them, right, which, of course, are expensive, like the resources that you get, they're not very plentiful, but, hey, you can buy, uh, I think, I forget what what it is or what they call it, you can buy, they have different bundles where you can buy it with real money, and then you can buy anything you want, essentially, but, yeah, none of that was interested in me, like, I knew halfway through the game, I was like, once I beat the campaign, I'm never playing this again, so, that's... That's my What's thought. What's Kamala's superpower, by the way? What? What's Kamala's superpower? She can like she she basically can get super huge. Uh, she's got like stretchy arms, and you know after playing huh. so after playing through with all the characters, she's definitely my favorite. I I think she's the star of the show. I love her move set. Well, she's also the one I had the, like the most upgraded points into with the different abilities. So I would I would rank each of the like surprisingly. I think Iron Man is absolutely horrible in this game. Like I think his moveset well, is terrible. Like I had no I when you get to play as Iron Man, I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. And he's voiced he's voiced by Nolan North, right? Uh Uncharted, uh Fame, basically a lot of video games. I don't think he does a good job. I think he's the worst out of all the voice actors because every wow. time I listen to him, I just think it's it's Nathan Drake. And he tries to <laughs> does the like the swarmy like cocky sort of stuff, and I'm just like, no, like, you missed it. Troy Baker does uh, Bruce Banner, and, and and he is better than Nolan North, for sure, but, like, I'm listening to that, and I'm like, that's Troy Baker. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's really tough to, like, yeah, it's Bruce Banner, but it's Troy Baker. Uh, 
I believe uh, Black Widow is voiced by Kate from Gears uh, or Abby from Last of Us Part Two. I forget her name. Um, Laura Bailey, I believe. Right. So all the big voice voice actors are in the game. So I think Kamala Khan's the best. Her move set, uh, her voice actress. She's in the game a lot. A lot of the ways this is her game. Even though it's an Avengers game, the real the focus is really on Kamala Khan. Uh, Tony Stark by far, like playing, playing as him and the voice acting was just, I, he's by far the worst. Hulk is cool if you just want to just button mash and do a whole bunch of different stuff, but not really a fan of him. Surprisingly, I really like playing as Black Widow, Kamala Khan, and Captain America. Although Captain America doesn't really have a lot of, uh, it's really tough getting around as Captain America in a lot of places because a lot of verticality of this stuff to get get up to certain points on the map where Kamala can, like, use her stretchy arm to, like, grab onto anything and pull herself up or jump really far. And the same thing with Black Widow. Like, she can, like, use her grapple hook. So it's easy to get up on certain places where Captain America really can't. So, and, and Thor play Thor is good, but he's... He's better than Iron Man, but I don't know, like the flying and the hovering, I just wasn't a fan of in the game, so... Is there a Captain Britain? Uh, no. But you have Captain America, but why is there no Captain Britain? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Mr. Almighty Spartan Gossip, who's supposed to voice them? Voice them. It's not that I have a problem with Troy Baker. I think Troy Baker is one of the best voice actors this gen. It Sometimes it pulls me out of the game a little bit because it sounds so much like Troy Baker. Uh, like when you when you, when you you play Last of Us Part 2 and you listen, well, maybe not 2, but Last of Us Part 1, um, and you listen to Joel, like you, even though maybe you know it's Troy Baker, it doesn't sound anything like Troy Baker, normal voice. And maybe, and, and the same thing with, like, Tony Stark. It sounds just like Nolan North or just like uh, Nathan Drake. I, maybe I just would like them to modify their voices just a little bit so you don't know it's actually them. But maybe that's just, maybe that's a me problem. Maybe because I played so many games uh, with those two in it and I just listened to it and it's just like, yeah, you know, this is this is Nolan North and Troy Baker. It's kind of. It's okay, but it's not great, and they've definitely done better voice acting, uh, you know, jobs before where they've disguised their voice and done really well, where this time it's just, it, it, it feels like Noah North phoned this one in, to be honest, if I'm, if I'm being, if I'm being truthful. It feels like he, feels like he really phoned it in. And, um, which is, which is a shame, but Troy Baker does a better job. And I thought, Lord, like Black Widow's really not in the game that much. So you don't, I don't really have much to say, say about her. So, um, shout out to Wakanda Xbox News today. Uh, he asked, Hey, Rain, did you see Project Acoustics tweet? I did not. Did you guys do anything about this? I don't. Isn't that something, that, isn't that something to do with improving the audio on Xbox? I think so. I think so. I don't know. I didn't see it, but I'll check it out after the show. But, Rand, I just want to quickly shout out my cousin, Mia, Mm -hmm. who's listening to the podcast. Ooh. Shout out to to Mia, is her name? Mia. Mia, Awesome. Thanks for listening. Hi, Mia. Um, (laughs) Rusty Ginger says, do you guys think we will get an event before TGS? Um, An event. Well, that's hard to classify. Event, whether it could be just a... I'm assuming you mean Xbox. 
I do think they'll reveal Series X or Series S before that. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, and we'll we'll I'll give my thoughts on if it'll be an event or just a video or whatever. Um, Aquaman says, hey, can you get hacked on Xbox Live? I've heard recent stories of IP addresses getting exposed through game chat and messaging. Okay, that's an interesting question. So, I believe if you, um, I believe if you do join somebody's Xbox Live party, there's a possibility they could, uh, because you're joining them, and I think it's a peer-to-peer, uh, connection, that they can grab your IP address, which I don't know if they could necessarily, like, they can't hack you even if they know your IP address. So uh, they can maybe at worst, you know, maybe, like, DNS you or whatever. Um, but I don't think they could steal your account. They would need to know your password, your login, and if you got two-factor on, you know, they would essentially have to have your phone. I mean, I guess there's always, like... There's like there are vulnerabilities on Xbox Live. Um, but you just have to, like, be diligent. Don't click on links in messages. Don't, you can lock down your profile so there's, like, only your friends can message you and, and also, like, always have two-step verification on everything. Everything you use, stick two-step verification on. That's the best you can do, really. But I don't think any consumer-based system is completely hack-proof, but... Xbox has proven to be, like, one of the more robust services out there. So you just have to take your own steps and be careful what links you click on and who you speak to and make sure you get two-step verification on. Two-step verification is like a condom for your password, kind of. Um, (laughs) I just just want to mention about Marvel Avengers. It does have on the the X, um, it does have a 4K mode or a... Uh, best performance or highest performance. I played it on highest performance. And while in the beginning of the game it was perfectly fine, when you get more, uh, when you get more of the Avengers with you and you go into those multiplayer missions where all four people are with you and there's just enemies everywhere, oh boy, there's a frame rate tank. Oh boy. Uh, it definitely does not maintain at 60 frames and, and there's definitely times there where I noticed it definitely dropped into the 20s like it was really bad and so like yeah this game needs that next gen upgrade because we know it, it's they utilize I believe they're utilizing smart delivery on Xbox Series X and you get a free version on the PlayStation uh, it definitely be most welcomed if they you know with the new systems and the new and all the power that comes with it, if that game can run at a, a locked frame rate, whatever you know, if the if it's like 4K 60, because the more you played that game, the bigger the battles are, and there's definitely noticeable frame rate drops in the highest performance. So I just wanted to make I just wanted I just wanted to mention that uh, Tiama 1979 says they can DDoS you from Xbox Party Chat. That is that is true. If if they have the software to do it and if you're joining their party, they probably can do that, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the games that we've been playing. So if you guys are enjoying the show, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button and share it out on Twitter because we're going to about to talk about the topics now. And the first one, 
we're going to talk about The Witcher 3, because Witcher and CD Projekt Red are showing all these publishers exactly how to do it right. Uh, they announced a couple days ago that The Witcher 3 will be receiving a next-gen upgrade on PlayStation 5 and Series X as well as PC that utilizes like ray tracing and faster loading, and it's going to be completely free for everybody. Like if you own the game on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, you'll get the you'll get the upgrade for free, and they'll be selling it obviously standalone as well. And it just this is why people love CD Projekt Red because they they do these very pro consumer moves. You know, you don't have to buy the game again. And it basically just puts more pressure on, you know, these publishers like EA that are doing timed uh, uh, timed upgrades or somebody like Activision who's doing their version of it with Call of Duty or what uh, 2K is doing with NBA 2K where you got to spend $100. But probably this really puts a lot of more eyes on... Remedy and what they're doing with uh, Control and 505 Games, where it's like, oh, we couldn't figure it out, guys. Every avenue we tried, it was just, there was just somebody getting left behind, so you're going to have to buy this new edition of the game that didn't exist when it came out if you want to get the free upgrade. And here's Witcher, and here's CD Projekt Red just being, you know what? Everybody gets a free upgrade if you already bought the game. How's that? Man, it really just shows how amazing CD Projekt Red is and how greedy some of these other companies are. What do you think, Jez? Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's interesting because, like, you know, 505 is the obvious one with uh, charging for upgrade for control. Not only charging for the upgrade for control, but also making you rebuy the base game for control if you want to get that upgrade. That's probably the most egregious upgrade path that we've seen so far. Like, that's even beyond Activision and beyond EA. And not only that, Rand, but um, my good buddy uh, on uh, Twitter, um, I'm just getting his tweet up here. Well, basically, one of my friends, uh, Jared, he recently noticed that he criticized 505 for what they were doing, and I blocked him on Twitter. <laughs> it wasn't rude. He just, like, questioned their practices, and they uh, blocked him. So, Power 5 definitely seem like they're in a corner with all this stuff. And, um, man, it's uh, it's just kind of... It's just weird, you know. The, the, there are, like, complexities and nuances to this, kind of like... Um, especially with Control. The fact that it came out more recently kind of puts a wrench in the works in terms of, you know, contracts and publisher deals and also retailers and stuff like that. Like, I think it's a little bit easier when it's an older game. And I think, like, you'll see, like, more older games doing that than the games that came out during the transition to next-gen. But it's, uh, man, it's not a good look. Like, you know... Especially when they try and spin it in a certain way and they're not transparent about the reasons they're doing it. Which is ultimately money, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really think they'd upgrade Witcher 
uh, anyways, I, I, but it's pretty cool that there is, and I'll, I don't know, I always think every time this happens, like, I'll replay Witcher on the 1X with the 60 frames, and then it was like, ah, but I gotta go through the 50 hours of the game that I already played, and it's, that's what's really putting me off of it. I know there's probably, probably a lot of great content, you know, and I haven't played the two expansions, but I want to beat the game first, but it's really tough for me to go, uh, to play through 50 hours of a game I already played. Um, so, <laughs> Ubisoft says that uh, that PlayStation isn't going to have back and pat for PS1, PS2, and PS3 titles, uh, and that it'll have uh, select back and select titles will be back and pat on the PS4. Uh, everybody kind of went with the news, and Ubisoft deleted it afterwards. Um, I don't. Does this really kind of put the kibosh on the rumors that Sony was going to have full backwards compatibility on the PS5, Jez? I mean, this is pretty much... I mean, yeah, I mean, we... If that was going to be... If that was going to happen, we'd already know, and Sony would have announced it, because that would be a really cool feature. So it just turned out to be another one of the fake rumors from, you know, the fake insider contingent who, uh, you know, turned their wishful thinking into rumors because boredom, I guess. And uh, it just, you know... Fake, another fake one. What was more interesting to me was that the whole select PS4 games. Because I have people on Twitter swear blind to me that every single PS4 game will be backwards compatible on PlayStation 5. But I can't find a single shred of evidence that that is confirmed. Is that confirmed, Rand? I mean, they did say, like, not at launch. But they did say that eventually uh, the PS5 will play the majority of the 4,000 games on the system. So mm-hmm. that means at any point between when it launches and when it, you know, whenever it, uh, uh, it goes away, whenever they stop making it, that at least, at least that's what they're saying, uh, you know, that a lot of the 4,000 games said uh, they'll work. But, you know, we... We're only just going off information that Mark Cerny said. You have some of these guys uh, that make up a lot of bullshit, and they know. It's funny because a lot of these guys, either either they're getting played from whoever they trust, and they constantly say stuff, and they're just wrong all the time, and yet people believe him because, well, they he talks positively about PlayStation. So either, one, they're getting played – they're getting played by the people that they think are truthful, but once somebody, like, I have people that tell me stuff all the time, constantly come to me with information about things, like, I heard from this, or I heard from that, blah, 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 blah. And all it takes is just one thing. Like, it was funny because (laughs) I got a DM probably, what was this, a month ago, right, that I didn't, that I didn't share with, in public, but I know this person had sent this same DM to Dealer and to Cult, right? And it was this person pretending to be someone at Xbox PR, right? And they were so upset that Microsoft uh, was taking all this hate for their July show. And they didn't want uh, that to happen that because that they knew there was an August show. And because of that, they leaked me the entire August show. I think I showed you this, didn't I, Jez? I sent you the screenshots of this of this uh, conversation I had with this person. Do you remember? Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember. And remember when I said it, to, I sent it to you, and you like your response was like, "This is the biggest pile of bullshit I've ever seen." <laughs> it was like yeah. it was like, uh, oh, Microsoft yeah. buys uh, like these studios from Warner Brother Games, and like all these different announcements. And it was just like it had like timestamps of when in the video it would or in the stream it would happen. It was just like all the stupid stuff. And this person was pretending, like legit pretending, that um, they were Xbox PR. And they sent the same thing to Dealer and Colt. And we were just like, what? No, this isn't true, right? And because obviously it wasn't true, like I'm not going to pay attention to that person, right? So it's like one strike, you're done. So I get all this all this information from all these different people, and then once a certain thing doesn't turns out to not be true, I never listen to that person again. But there are definitely people <laughs> there's definitely people on YouTube that constantly get things wrong and just make stuff up, and they never get their fans still listen to them, right? And this other one was about this back impact stuff. Like I don't know how long I heard about this like. PlayStation 5, uh, what, like, Legacy Engine or whatever, and it's just, like, it didn't, it never made much sense to me for the PlayStation 5 to be back and pat with, like, the PS3. Like, I, I get maybe the PS1 or PS2, but, like, it's like, there's no way it's gonna be back and pat with the PS3. And, yeah, it turns out that's, that's not the case. Like, Ubisoft is just like, yeah, it's not gonna happen. Um. If they do it, they'll do it via PlayStation now, you know. It's a, I, if, I mean, there's huge licensing issues, you know, but there's loads of classic PlayStation 2 games I'd love to experience, like Shadow Hearts and God, you know, man, just so many games. I always think about Shadow Hearts when I think about games I want to play again, but I can't because my PlayStation 2 is broken. Um, you know, Sonic Hill 2 and stuff like that. And yeah, I know they released Sonic Hill 2 Collection, but come on, it's just, it's kind of janky, and the mist is bugged and all that sort of stuff. So playing the original would be preferable somehow. I would totally subscribe to PlayStation now if it had, like, more of these classics. But, like, look at the PlayStation Now library. Like, it's it's pretty bad, frankly. I mean, they have a lot of games on there. There's, like, 800. I mean, they got a whole bunch yeah. of PS3 and PS2 games, and they have more PS4 games than Game Pass has Xbox One games. It's just... I think it's lacking the new releases, which really separates it from uh, Game Pass. Like, I think, because I think when it comes to gaming, I think it's all about new releases and and less about, like, the the uh, the, the catalog. Uh, you know, nobody's really, I don't think anybody's really, looked, like, interested in, in playing a 360 game or signing up for a subscription service to pay, play a PS3 game at this point. So, um <laughs> Jazz Nintendo. I saw I saw a tweet from you. I saw a tweet like so. What happened? I'm already. I'm already. Uh, uh, Nintendo dropped a shadow dropped a, a direct which was all about Mario, right? So I was up at the time and I figured I'd watch it. What do we got here? And I'm watching this thing and honestly, I didn't get excited. I didn't hate it. I was just watching this was like, eh, I don't care about any of this stuff. But man, some of the Nintendo's uh, business practices really doesn't sit well with a lot of people. And one, you, Jazz, you really didn't like it. So explain what's going on here and why it pissed you off so much. Man, just I just can't believe the bullshit that Nintendo can get away with and the crap that its fan base put up with. You know, it's it's just 
it blows my mind. And I'm someone who, like, I got a Switch, and I've spent quite a lot of money on the Switch console, you know. And I was like, you know, the whole Pokemon Dexit, Pokédex gate and all that sort of stuff. And just repeated disappointments from Nintendo. But this is just like the kind of manipulative, crappy, capitalist bullshit that just sort of grated me the wrong way. Like, who does Nintendo think it is to try and manipulate people and manipulate established purchasing practices that go back literally decades because it kind of, it just thinks, oh, we're Nintendo, we can do whatever the fuck we like. So, like, what Nintendo is doing now, they are doing a limited edition launch for a digital game, which is just ridiculous. So, like, fair enough if it's physical editions, fair enough, because you have to print those discs and you have to, you know, get them onto store shelves and take up shelf space and fair enough, you know, you could you could almost argue for the case for a physical disc to be a limited edition. But digital edition? So this Mario 3D collection is a limited edition game. You can only purchase it digitally until March 2021 to, to artificially inflate demand for this sort of product and create this sort of sense that, like, you have to buy it. And sure enough, it's already topping the charts and the pre-orders are going crazy. I just think it's so manipulative and so scummy and it really, like, really... My respect for Nintendo is pretty low already just because of how crappy Nintendo Online is and how, like, lazy their systems are and, you know, the fact that, like, Pokemon doesn't even have a cloud save is just, like... It cracks me up. Then they sell you the cloud saves as a subscription service, specifically for that one game. I just think they're a scummy company, and they think they can get away with it because they're Nintendo, and they can get away with it because they're Nintendo. And I just lost a lot of respect for them over there. Um, but, yeah, that's my rant about Nintendo. So the, the 3D All-Stars is basically they're putting together a package of Super Mario 64, Super Mario, Sh- Su- Super Mario Sunshine, and um, was the Super Mario Galaxy. Now, I saw a lot of people like, oh, man, can't wait to replay this. And I was just like, aren't you some of the same people that said, you don't really get excited for playing the old games? But regardless, who the hell would want to replay Super Mario Sunshine? Like, that (laughs) game is awful. Like, I get maybe, oh, I want to replay Super Mario Brothers, the original, or Super Mario Brothers Brothers 3 or whatever. Maybe even Super Mario 64 and Galaxy to a certain extent, because Galaxy is supposed to be really good. But Sunshine? And not only that, like you said, okay, physical, uh, limited limited stock, I, I, I understand that, whatever. But limited stock or availability on a digital edition? Like, excuse me? Like, the point of digital is that you never run out. That's the whole point. Now, I guess yeah, maybe maybe they mean the bundle, where it's like 3D All-Stars and a bundle of three, and then in like six months when it's up, they just sell the games individually for more money. You know, so it's like you're getting a deal with the, the, the combined in, in three, and then afterwards they'll just sell the three by themselves. 
and that would be how it's limited stock. I don't really know. Even that, even that it's diesel, and they they can afford to sell them cheap for less in a bundle, and then they want to sell you sell you them again at a markup after March arbitrarily. That's scummy too. They don't they don't need to be so scummy. What do you think? What do you think of that uh, like racetrack game? That uh, Mario Kart game with, uh, I believe, each one of those cars is 150 bucks. The little uh, little go kart things. What is that? I didn't see that one. It was like the Mario Kart, like the Mario Kart game with actual like remote controlled cars. That cameras on them, so you could you could play it. You could drive. You like use the switch and you're racing the cars, but the cars are actually real and you're racing them around your 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 like living room. Dude, I didn't even. See you didn't that. even see that. Oh, it, it, that's that's cool. But man, that's that like one car, like just one of those is 150 bucks. So there's like two of them, I think, with Luigi or whatever. It was uh, so 300, and so it's like a real car that you're racing because they're remote controlled, and it's like you're using the switch and it has like augmented reality because it will show like power ups in its path and stuff. Yeah. I, I at least thought that was a smart idea. Uh, who knows if people will actually, uh, you know, buy it or whatever. Uh, Chase said also Super Mario 32 is also limited for Nintendo Online. Yeah, that was that, like, Super Mario uh, Battle Royale mode where you play the original against 32 people and, like, you, you know, destroy turtles and they get sent to other people. But that was also just limited. Like, in five months it's gone. It, it's a weird, like, I don't understand that, like... That's a very weird business decision. I guess people are going to be like, I need to jump on this immediately and buy it because at some point it's going to be, it's going to go away. Um, definitely, definitely weird business decision there from Nintendo. But it's a good thing I don't give a flying F about Nintendo. I couldn't care less about any of this stuff, right? I, I'm on Twitter, like, looking at it, and people are like, yes, 3D All-Stars. And I'm just like, Really? I guess I'm just. I guess I'm just not with it when it comes to Nintendo, man. I'm just gonna say, like, you know, I like Pokemon and some of their other games, like. Um, but I'm just gonna say it right now. 3D Mario games are Satan. They're awful. Mario, Mario 64 is garbage. It's hot, hot, sweaty garbage, and um, I wouldn't pay pay for that crap. Um, if my life depended on it, because it's awful. And uh, Mario should be 2D. Okay, thanks, bye. You know what? Uh, Mario 64 uh, is one of the few times where my jaw literally hit the floor when I saw it for the first time. I can always think of certain games the first time you see them and just can be completely blown yeah, away. Like, does it get a pass in 2020? I mean, I, I'm not playing Mario 64 in 2020, but I do remember exactly how I felt the first time I saw Mario 64 and the first time I played it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, my first time I saw Punch-Out, couldn't believe what I was seeing was real. First time I played Grand Theft Auto 3 was like, my mind was blown, right? First time I played Final Fantasy 7, couldn't believe something like this could exist that wasn't like a TV show or a movie, right? First time I saw Mario 64, Mario 64 and could control it that way, I, I forget how old I, When did Mario 64 well, I, come out? I, I don't know, man. I think, I, I remember seeing Mario 64, but I don't think I was as impressed because I'd, 
I'd seen the PlayStation 1 T-Rex demo first, somehow, and the T- you know, you know what I'm talking about, the PlayStation yeah, yeah, yeah. 1 That was way more, that was way more cool than Mario 64. Mario 64 is like the worst controls I've ever experienced in a game. And like, it's not even like, it's not even like this Mario All-Star thing, it's not even a remake or a remaster, it's literally just an up port of the 64 the Nintendo 64 game, which, frankly, Nintendo should be given away for free in their Nintendo Online Vault thing. They shouldn't be selling that, and they especially shouldn't be selling it at full price. They are greedy, greedy mm. boys. You know, that game is old as hell, and it shouldn't, they should be giving it away for free. It should be in that Nintendo Vault, the uh, the Classics Vault, whatever it's called, where you can play all the classic games, it should be free. You know, it's it's that's, old. They've done nothing to it. They're a joke. They're a joke. That's kind of what the itch you can't reach says. He says, Nintendo's treating their gaming catalog the same way Disney used to treat their cartoons. Limited releases to raise their value. And I remember when Disney used to do that. Like, oh, uh, Cinderella's going back in the vault. Get it now before you can't buy it. Right? Yeah, and people would be like, oh, my God. But, like, and and that was, maybe that made sense back then. Because it was just VC, you know, VHS or whatever, or maybe DVDs, and it worked. But in the era of digital, I don't think that works anymore. Because people know exactly what's going on at this point. It's like, yo, we're on to you. Like, there should be no artificial shortages because of, oh, well, you know, it's only available for six months and then it's gone. It's like, that shouldn't happen in the age of digital. So I think people are kind of uh, waking up to some of that, and a lot of people don't like that aspect of it. But, um, oh, geez, this next topic is going to be something else because, whew. Uh, so, Jez, I don't know if you saw, but um, NVIDIA's RTX 3000 series killed the uh, Xbox Series X <laughs> this past week. Um, uh, I love I love the hot take from the tech press. So like, Oh, why would you buy a PlayStation or an Xbox now? You can just get an RTX 3090 or whatever. And I'm like, really? Are we that out of touch now? Are we uh, that out of touch? So NVIDIA held their press conference and, uh, well, not press conference, uh, whatever you want to call it, and they announced three new 3000 series cards. You got the 3070, which I believe retails for 500 bucks and comes out uh, September 17th. And is basically what like better than the Series X or or super bet? Like I don't know. Like PC is not my thing, right? So I barely ever talk about PC. But I know that people were like, "Oh yeah, the the 3070 destroy the PS5 and Series X." And then the 3080 is I want to say seven hundred dollars and comes out. Maybe that one comes out in September, or one of them comes out in October. I I think the 3070 is the one that comes out in October, and the 3080 comes out in September, and it's 700 bucks. And then you have the 3090, which comes out in September, and it's $1,500, which is like, holy shit, $1,500? Goddamn! And, yeah, like, everybody everybody was, like, everybody with the, the hot takes, like, why would you get a Series X for 500 when you could get the you know, uh, 3070 for the same price or blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't know, like, 
hasn't it always been PC will have the best versions of a game regard like I don't get it. Like Microsoft has been putting on putting out their uh their games on PC for like four years at this point. The best versions of Microsoft games are on PC and they've been on PC for four years now. So when that card comes out and people use it, the best versions of those games will be on PC just like they currently are. PC is always ahead because, you know, the the manufacturers are developing each component individually, you know. And like whereas the, the console is a closed system. But that's why that's why there's a market for console. It's because it's it's this closed convenient system that you don't have to mess around with and you don't have to debug and you don't have to upgrade and you don't have to like I feel bad for everyone who you know a lot of people are you know, a lot of the tech press were talking about how like, oh you can just get a, you know, an RTX three seventy and whack it in your PC. It's like, well, a lot of people are probably going to need new PSUs for these cards because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're beefy boys, you know. And even still, it's like the graphics card by itself is 499 which is probably going to be how much the Xbox Series X is. So you're only getting the graphics card. You also need the motherboard, the RAM, the processor, the SSD, and all that other stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at, like, a $1,500 system, if not more, you know just for an RTX 3070. But I do want to say that, to be fair to NVIDIA, they are incredible graphics cards. Like, the fact that the 370 is 499 and faster than a 2080 Ti for, like, a fraction of the price, that is, that is killer, man. That is, like, that is just unprecedented. Like, I think it's more than any, any PC gamer could have hoped for. But on the flip side... I don't think it's going to make everyone rush out and suddenly become PC gamer. If you're, if you're a PlayStation fan or an Xbox fan, why, why wouldn't you have already been into PC gaming? It's not like, you know, you couldn't buy a 2080 Ti system before and get, like, more juice than an Xbox One X. What about somebody, what about somebody who just already has a PC and all they really got to buy is just a new graphics card for the same price? Well, yeah, great. Good for them, you know. But it's like I said earlier, a lot of people are probably looking at like, PSU upgrades as well, especially if they want the 390. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, a lot of people don't want the hassle of having to mess around with graphics cards and... and sure, cards. and I'm one, of those pe- I'm one of those people. Like, I don't really care for PC gaming much, and I just, I'd much rather just play in Series X and PS5. But I'm not going to begrudge anybody's anybody that wants to play on PC. Like, if you want to play on PC and you want to spend the the most amount of money to get the best experience, then, hey, go for it, bro. I just, the whole conversation like, oh, this card made the Series X or the PS5 just paperweights or obsolete just is like, is this weird to me? Like, PC always is going to have the best version of a game if you're willing to spend the money. And the Series X and the PlayStation 5 are mass market devices. Like, it's everything put together for a price that they can, you know, not take a bath in. So it's like, for what you're going to be getting, assuming, of course, the Series X is 500 bucks and the PlayStation 5 is 500 those are pretty goddamn powerful systems for the price that you're getting it. Of course, if you wanted to build something better, you can. You have that option. And I, I find it funny where everybody's like, well, I'm just going <laughs> to... 
it's it's weird because on, in one breath they say Xbox has no games and Xbox's games are just trash, and then the other they say I'm going to get a 3070 or 3080 so I can play all Xbox games on my PC. It's like what is it? Are all their games trash, or are you building a new PC so you can play all their games on PC? And if you do, you know that's exactly what Microsoft wants you to do. And if right? they do it's, build a PC, they'll have to buy a Windows license. Which well, the Windows license isn't whatever, but it's just like it's just like if you're playing all those games, whether you're buying them on Steam or you know, subscribing to Game Pass, like you're still Microsoft's customer in that regard. Well, that's mm-hmm. my point. They still have to. They still have to buy the games from Microsoft. They still have to buy the Windows license from Microsoft. Uh, it's it's like the, it's like they think that they're, they're owning Microsoft by using a Microsoft system. These these mental gymnastics, man. They just they give me a headache sometimes. But it's it's funny because I'm like on the on the on 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 the extreme end of PC gaming in the sense that I want the convenience of a console, but I also probably play mostly on PC if you count World of Warcraft. And and CRPGs and stuff, but I also don't want the annoyance of having to deal with a desktop. So I buy laptops, you know. <laughs> I buy gaming laptops instead. That's like the closest th- the closest thing to a console like experience you can get is with a gaming laptop. So I'm like I'm I just bought a Razer Blade 17 Pro uh, with um, RTX 2017. You know, and that that's gonna last me like a, at least a couple of years, more or more. You know, because like the la- the laptop versions of those um, three thousand series cards are probably at least a year away. So the cool thing about gaming is that there's options for everyone. You know, and if you want you want the convenience of console, and you you got console. If you want gaming laptop, you can get like gaming laptop. If you want to pay a premium, and then if you don't. If you want the best of best of the best, you know, you got to build that gaming PC. But you know, then you have to put up with all the annoyance, the blue screens and driver problems, and man, like like last week, like um, not last week, the week before when I had, you remember when I had those audio issues? Yeah. You know, that's because the 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 driver bus, the USB the USB bus on my on my motherboard's fried, so. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the, that's the downside of laptop. I have to send the whole laptop back to get it repaired. Um, you know, but you know that's PC fun for you. You know, Your bits break and then you have to get replaced and kind of like Legos. But that's part of the fun of the PC. You know, that's part of the fun. It's like it's like Lego for adults. Hmm. Part of it break, you can slot something new in and you can do all cool, cool, crazy mods and get your RGB strip lights in there and you know Roby Tech makes some cool PCs over on his YouTube channel give Roby a quick plug there but quick plug yeah gotta give a shout out to Retro Gamer becoming the newest member of the channel he hit that join button and he gets all those cool little emotes so thank you buddy for all the support I, I, I don't know like it's 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 like the news is dry right we're still waiting on whatever PS5 event uh, you know, people say, but then again, I don't know how true it is. Like, it's the same people that have been lying about a lot of stuff that there's supposed to be an event on Wednesday, the 9th, but Sony didn't announce anything last week. And you think if it was a big event, they would have announced it the week before. So who knows if there really is an event on Wednesday. But it's just like, is it, 
I don't know, like, I didn't really think it was going to be news that the newest graphic cards by NVIDIA or AMD would blow away what the Series X and PS5 could do. Like, did anybody really think that was going to be unexpected? Because I tell you what it is, man. I tell you what it is, man. It's like, it's because of the way the PC audience, the engaged PC audience, react to the way news is presented. If they, you know, like, when when this was announced, I saw all the PC social channels, all the PC websites, like, you know, um, PCGamer.com and stuff like that. They all had hot takes. They all had memes that were like, we're so much better than console. Like, they have to constantly pat themselves on the back and justify their investments in the in these systems. It's, it's comedy to me, you know. Um, but that's that's... That's them riding the wave of, you know, uh, PC Master Race attacking console. It's just the way it's always been, you know. It's funny, man. But on the flip side of that rant, mm-hmm. I do see the PC market growing more rapidly than the console market. And that's currently what the projections are. Wait, you said the PC market's going to... Is that what you the PC market's going to grow more than the console market? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's, I mean, it, it, I mean, it kind of. Ha- well, the the console market's kind of been stuck at about what two fifty, two hundred fifty million for a couple generations at this point. Yeah. Uh, the PC market, const- well, the PC market can't like because you can. Separate- uh, the, thing, the thing is, right, the PC market's weird because you have to segment it between gaming hardware and commercial hardware. So, like, when you look at the whole industry of PC market, it's kind of flat. It's massive, but flat. But if you look at just the gaming segment by itself, the gaming segment is actually growing really rapidly, and it's growing faster than the the commercial segment and the education sector and all that sort of stuff. So the PC gaming market is going to grow, and uh, these NVIDIA cards are just going to help it. Like, those... Those cards are just sick, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, hat tip to NVIDIA. It's going to be going to be fun seeing, like, how uh, AMD responds. Is, any, <laughs> is anybody going to be getting the 3090? Like, spending $1,500 on that card? I'd be very curious. Anybody in chat going to... Well, number one, anybody in chat going to be getting any of these three cards? And if so, which one are you planning on getting? Because I totally get people getting the 3070 or the 3080. It's like... $500 for one, $700 for other, definitely last you years and years and years, right, with high performance on those. But, like, I'm kind of sitting there thinking, like, why would anybody spend $1,500 on the 3090 now when you could probably just wait a year or two and the price on that will come down? Like, I get spending the money right away for the 3070 and the 3080, I just don't get why you would spend that type, unless you just literally have money to burn. With if so, hey, you know my super chat and my my PayPal is right there in the description. If you got money to burn, uh, send it send it my way. You know what I mean? Um, that's that's ultimately who the, those cards are for. They're for people who can burn money. Like the Razer Blade 17 Pro laptop. It's like you can get one with a 2070s Max Q in it, or whatever it's called, and then. That's like $2,500. And then you can get one with a 2080 in it. And then it jumps up like a thousand. And it's like, I'll stick with the 2070. You know, 
I mean, yeah, the, the 2080 version has a 4K display as well, but man, it's it's just it's for people who can burn burn cash away, basically. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about upgrading my PC. My PC has right now. I got a 1080, and I have an i7 7700K. Uh, which I bought this PC three years ago. Like, I'm going to buy a new PC this year. And I don't, I've never built a PC. I'm not really good with that stuff. And I don't really have anyone around here that would, you know, can come help build it. So I'll just buy a pre build. But I'm probably going to get. Run, 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 run. You know what you should do? What? You should get Roby to build it. I, you know, I, I did think, I did think, but I've, I haven't talked to Roby in a while. He may, he, he's superstar now. He may not want to talk to me. You know what I mean? Oh, no, Rob, you'll hook you up, man. Yeah. Um, I, was pr- I probably need to get uh, a Ryzen, I believe, because uh, the PC even more for content creation and probably, I don't know, uh, 2080 in there. 20- I, I, I have to see the prices, but, like, I'm not, I, don't pl- I don't game on my PC, so uh, the 30 series, you know, definitely not for me. But I get why people, like, I, when I saw the price and what they can do, I'm like, yeah, a ton of, ton of uh, PC gamers are going to be upgrading their the rigs uh, with this stuff. So uh, you know the the best memes. The best memes are the ones where like it was mocking people who'd like bought a twenty eight. Oh yeah, the twenty eight. Yeah. I almost did that. I was almost that guy. Do you remember? I was gonna, I was gonna buy. I was gonna buy. I almost bought a desktop rig last month. Oh yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I had it spec'd out and I had it priced off and I had a quote for it. I was gonna get. I was gonna get one. Someone to build it. And I was just like. Eh. Ah oh, man, maybe I should just get a laptop because I'm still going to travel when this coronavirus stuff's over. And I do, I do think like laptop is just more better for me because of my lifestyle and traveling and stuff. So I ended up getting a laptop instead. Man, I'm so glad I did. When does uh, when does AMD reveal their uh, their cards and what those? And I don't know, mm-hmm. but I know that like the AMD fanboys are quite quiet right now. Weren't the PC community really pissed at NVIDIA before this, though? Or something? Yeah, they were. They were, they were. they were pissed at them, yeah. Okay, so that all changed now because of because of this? Yeah, I love them now. Okay. I love them. Uh, Game Over Brian says, hey, guys, love the podcast, even though not Xbox fan boy like like you guys report the news. Well, thank you for the uh, for the compliment and the uh, super chat. Uh, Steven Boxy says, how good will back, backwards compat auto HDR be? Uh, will be. Uh, we don't know yet uh, if it will. How good HDR will be? Um, what do you think, Jez? You think it'll be how? Because that's supposed to be like a standard feature, almost, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know much about that. I need to look into it. But if it's anything like the PlayStation Four simulated HDR, I'm probably not going to be that impressed with it. But who knows? You know, like the PlayStation Four had that like sort of fake HDR injector thing but it doesn't look good as good as real HDR so I'm Jay Gant says the 3090 is what we call the Titan the 3080 will get a TI version just do a little more research on the PC community and tech okay I mean I just went on NVIDIA's website and there's only a 3070 3080 and 3090 with the prices I didn't know did they announce the 3080 TI version I don't follow the PC stuff as much as I follow console stuff like Xbox and PlayStation. So I'm sorry. Like, this is why I don't talk about tech stuff that much in my videos or my channel because I don't know anything about it. And I'm only talking about it as well. Well, the only reason I'm talking about it is because, 
it was announced this week and all the comparisons. So forgive me if I don't know everything there is to know about PC gaming, because I don't. <laughs> and, I, and this is probably the last time we talk about PC gaming and, and cards like this for a long time. Uh, but um, yeah, I hope you guys uh, I hope you guys enjoy your your new, your new cards when it comes out. And uh, I mean, I'm gonna enjoy my Series X. You guys can enjoy the 3080, and you know, we'll all be happy. It'll be perfect, right? Uh, Alan Gray says, what do you guys think of the PS5 official pre-order page? You put your PSN ID in, press go, and nothing happens. No info, no email from them. Nothing. Just goes to a blank page that has a link to go back. Maybe um, they're trying to gauge um, interest to some degree. I mean, I don't know. Like, I did sign up for it because I do want to pre-order it, and I did exactly what he said. But I logged in and then, you know, put my PSN ID in and, and, and it said, hey, we got it or whatever. So I'm assuming, like, they know my email based on my PSN ID. Um, but I'm not really worried be- that if, if I don't get it from them, because I would rather just buy it from Amazon or Best Buy anyways. And I'm assuming they're going to be selling them through Amazon and Best Buy if they want to sell as many as they possibly can. But I do mm-hmm. think you're right, Jez. I do think they were kind of gauging how many people were really interested in getting the system. And if there's a ton of demand, I wonder if that really affects what they think they can price it at, right? Because you imagine if, like, you know, just given a number, 10 million signed up for that thing, they must be thinking, holy crap, there's a lot of demand for this thing. Why bother selling it at an X price point when we could sell it at X price point, right? Why bother, why bother selling it at 399 when we can sell it for 499 and essentially still sell the same amount of units. Well, why why bother losing money? But maybe if it was like, oh, only 500,000 people signed up, they might be like, yeah, the demand for the PS5 is really low. Maybe we need to have another event sooner rather than later. Maybe show some more games or more features to get more people interested. You know, it, it could be something like that. I, I think most people probably don't aren't even aware of the PlayStation website or that they were even doing that. They're probably trying to gauge how much they could push through their own platform because obviously, if Sony is selling, if Sony are going to sell the consoles directly, that's potentially better margins than selling them through a distributor or a, or a brick and mortar and stuff. So they're probably trying to figure out how much they could potentially push for their own store. Because you know Microsoft's going to do that, right? Microsoft's going to stock the Xbox Series X on the Microsoft Store, and they're going to push it through the Microsoft Store, and they're going to push Xbox All Access through the Microsoft Store, which is, uh, you know, goes towards better margins and potentially lower price, you know. So maybe there's that, that aspect to consider about it. But I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank recently, Rand. Mm-hmm. A lot of Shark Tank recently. So I'm like, I'm all about, I'm all about that business now. I'm actually thinking about going to business school. Ooh, you should. I might do. I might do. Um, let's see here. WB Games not for sale, Jez. Not for sale. They basically came out and said they reversed their course. Uh, and it, they won't be selling them off, which makes a lot of sense because, as we said before, four billion dollars is a lot of money. Uh, and especially if uh, you can't get the licenses for some of their properties. Uh, so, yeah, I bet you EA, Xbox, and whoever else was interested was like, that's just too much. And now WB Games, now WB or AT&T is essentially saying like, oh, they're too valuable to sell, when in reality it was probably 
they couldn't get the type of money that they wanted, right? Yeah, maybe on maybe just that aspect of it, but like didn't Warner Brothers have like I think when they showed off like all the DC stuff, there was probably like people's reactions to that were fairly positive. Maybe they just saw that and thought, eh, maybe there is something to this whole gaming thing after all. You know? It's possible. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see much of Suicide Squad, but uh, Gotham Knights seemed to have a positive reaction. I, yeah, I, I think it's more. I think it's more. Nobody was willing to pay the price that they wanted, so they just came out and said, "Well, this is like, you know, this is just. We can't sell this because it's just too good. Like, you know what I mean? Just kind of like putting a putting a like happy face on it. Because I mean, four billion dollars is a lot." Um, my worry is that they're going to be like, okay, well, we haven't sold you guys, so no, you need to be more profitable, so microtransactions all over the place, blah, 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 service games, blah, 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 mobile games, blah, blah, blah. That's my concern. My concern is that AT&T, was it AT&T or Comcast? I can't even remember. <laughs> AT&T. Um, I think it was, uh, it was AT&T, was, yeah, it was AT&T. I don't know, I get, I get your, those American companies mixed up sometimes, but... Um, that's my worry that they they're gonna make them into sort of cash machines instead of good game machines. But I guess that's a lot of publishers nowadays. Yeah. Um. So we'll have to wait and see if Microsoft uh, or Sony have any you know eyes on any new targets now that WB's gone. I believe Tencent did finalize the purchase for Leu, and they got like a no. Warframe or whatever. Um, no. That's the thing. That's the thing about like studio negotiations is that number one, they take time and they could break down for whatever reason. I uh, didn't want Tencent to get Leu because I was holding out hope that Microsoft would pick up Splash Damage to be a second gear studio. Yeah, speaking of gears, that's a good segment. A uh, good segue. On Steam Database, people have discovered that uh, a Gears 5 DLC has showed up, Jazz. And there were rumors <laughs> earlier in the year that alongside of the launch with the Series X and the upgrade for Gears 5 running at 4K60 and ray tracing, all the stuff that they'll do with the console, that there might be a single-player story-based DLC that would launch as well. So what do you think about this? I have heard that maybe... There is some kind of story DLC in the works for Gears. I thought maybe it was for Gears Tactics because Gears Tactics, like XCOM, is a game that is very easy to build on in terms of because of the way it's because of the way it's laid out. Right, you can easily like layer on like biomes and more units and stuff like that, and maybe throw in a few cuts into in there. And, like, that's why XCOM tends to get, like, these really massive DLCs and other similar games get those kind of DLCs because it's easy to attach new content to that kind of tactics game. But maybe it is if Steam Database is showing that. Because I've seen some evidence of um, uh, voice actors working with the Coalition um, on new content. So if that's the case, then... I I presumed it might have been Gears Tactics related, but if Steam Database is Gears 5 related, then yeah. But what I'm curious about is like how much of um 
how beefy is it going to be? You know, is it just going to be like another like three hour like mini experience or something like that? Because I don't like DLCs that are really brief. I want them to at least be something that I can get my teeth into. I don't like brief games usually, especially like that are part of a much bigger experience. You know? Yeah, I um, mean, plus how big can it be considering the game had just come out what a year ago? Essentially a year ago, yeah. a year ago this week, right? This weekend, I think it was like the fourth or whatever, or maybe it was a year ago. It was the night. It was 2019 when Gears 5 came out. So yeah, how? It feels like ten years ago. It feels like a long time, right? Um, yeah. No, I mean, you're right, like, I mean, even Spider-Man, uh, that came out two years ago, and people questioned just how much of a big game or how long Spider-Man Miles Morales is, and that was supposed to be planned a lot. Maybe it's coming out soon, maybe it's coming out, like, the end of next year or something. Maybe, and then, of course, and then, like, with this, is there's been rumors that there's some sort of Gears DLC story-based, which, because you were, when I told you this uh, earlier, you were like, oh, they've never done story DLC for Gears, and I'm like, uh-huh. They did for Gears 2 and for Gears 3, and you were like, okay, point taken. I didn't know that. Because you were like, they've never done campaign DLC. I'm like, no, they did it for 2 and 3. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, we'll, I mean, it would be smart. It would be smart to have this DLC ready to go when Series X launches, considering you're upgrading the game, making it look at 4K, 60, and ray tracing, and maybe people will go back to it. It'd probably be smart to have an update ready to go for that game that only has, like, a new operation, considering the multiplayer might be running at 120 frames, but then also some single-player content to get people interested in checking it out again. That definitely I, would be very uh, smart, considering there's like, no Halo Infinite they, anymore. Yeah, but I feel like they would have announced that already, surely. Well... If Gears, if Gears, mm, 5, had, if Gears 5 had DLC coming for the Xbox Series X launch, surely we'd know about it already. True, and I was thinking, like, maybe they're, you know, with with no Forza Horizon, like, would, would it have been smart to have another DLC for Forza Horizon this year? Another expansion? Maybe a bigger expansion than what the other you know, two have been? There's a lot of things about Xbox Game Studios that would have been smart to have done. It would have been smart to have put more money behind Minecraft Dungeons, because I think that blew up a lot bigger than they thought it was going to do. Uh, it would have been smart to have a Forza Horizon DLC, like you say, ready for Xbox Series X launch. It would have been smart, Rand, to uh, have had more faith in Grounded. I pushed Grounded a bit more, because, man, that really blew up on uh, streaming platforms and stuff like that. It's almost like, <clears throat> I don't know, some people in Microsoft's game portfolio management are a little bit out of touch. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. You know, I remember I remember back when Forza Horizon 3 and Gears 4 came out. Uh they didn't really promote Forza Horizon 3 because they didn't thought they didn't think it would do well and then eventually completely surprised them and did better than Gears 4. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And I always just thought it was like, how do you not know what you have? How do you not know what you like I get like maybe a game surprises know. you or whatever, but like the fact that you were taken completely by surprise on the success of Forza Horizon 3 to the point where it completely surprised you, and then we, you know, you're planning this new launch, these consoles are coming in 2020, I get, like, Halo Infinite's going to be the big boy, it's going to be what you're marketing at, but, like, would it have been smart to, like, hey, you know, Gears 5 DLC and Forza, we, like, there's not going to be a Forza game, Forza Motorsport, we don't know it's coming in 2021, maybe it's 2022, 
And Forza Horizon 5 might be even further away than than that. And it's like, hey, if you're going to rely on Forza Horizon 4 and you're going to upgrade it, maybe have a new expansion. But then maybe they couldn't because, you know, they're all they're working on on Fable or whatever, or they're helping out on some other things. But How did nobody notice that Halo Infinite looked like a Lego game? <laughs> Are we going to go down this path again? Yeah, we already talked. I, I we already talked about this last week. Uh, well, it's 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 part of the whole problem. It's sometimes well, I really okay. Think to be fair, to be fair though, uh, everybody says Marvel Avengers looks and plays way better than it did in the beta. Like maybe not significantly, but just from the beta to the full release, it's a better looking, better performing game. I mean, pretty much that's like universal. Uh, agreement on that and that's from a beta that you know was a month ago or what have you to a release that was this week and this supposedly is what like halo infinite build from may or whatever it was to the final release of the game at the end of the month i mean if avengers could look a lot better and play better then presumably halo infinite could have well right yeah maybe Maybe. Maybe. Um, Jeez. Uh, Xbox Series S leaks again. You know what? (laughs) We've been talking about this system for so long, and I'm sure it sounds like a broken record, like I said in my last video. Like, uh, this, this, like, first we have, we have your, your reporting. Like, you gotta shout you out, because you were the one of the first people who said there would be an Xbox Lockhart, right? And, Obviously, that reporting has come true. Then, you know, because of the looting that went on at a Best Buy in Chicago, someone was able to get their hands on a brand new controller, the one with the share button, and it had Xbox Series X, Series S uh, printed in, uh, you know, the instructions, which, fair enough, that stuff wasn't supposed to be seen by us. We weren't supposed to, somebody wasn't supposed to get their hands on the brand new controller. But obviously, you can't really predict this well in advance that there would be people looting Best Buys and Walmarts at this point in time, right? So fair enough. That I don't really put that one on Microsoft because those boxes weren't supposed to be open before November 6th. I get that. But someone just bought a regular controller from Microsoft.com and in the Game Pass thing, uh, the, the, you know, the fine print, it says, hey, Xbox Series X S. So it's like, wait a minute. So... In one hand, I get for the other controller, nobody can buy those. But anybody can buy these from Microsoft and get it, and it says it right there. So you're already – it's like everybody knows the system's real at this point. You've officially confirmed it, unofficially confirmed it yourself with this. Like, it's time to announce the system. It, it really is. Like, I thought they could announce it this week. I said in my video it could come as early as Thursday. It might be this week. But it probably isn't. If I had to guess, I would imagine Microsoft is going to announce the Series X the week of the 14th. But, like, they change around when they plan on, on announcing this stuff all the time. So just get it over with. You you don't have to reveal pricing at this point if you're if you're waiting for Sony uh, to go first because you want to go second. Just announce the damn thing. Like, you obviously had planned on announcing it way beforehand because... It's already printed on the inserts of the cards, right? Which means that you expected an official announcement of Series S 
when those cards went to print, which, judging by all the rumors, was originally supposed to be June as part of the now defunct Xbox 2020. Man, Xbox marketing really had some good <laughs> Xbox 2020. You remember that, Jazz? Supposed to get monthly news about stuff. And, oh man, good ones. Um, oh, uh, Xbox 2020, the shortest marketing campaign. <laughs> like I don't like. What's the big deal? Just announce the system already. Everybody knows it's real. Nobody's gonna be surprised. Like it's the information's already out there. They're on cards that you made. Like, I, and there's, you know, I've seen people say, Jazz, that this doesn't mean the console exists. There's still some people out there that don't believe it's real. And I'm like, you really think Microsoft went out of their way and printed this shit if, if they, if they were sure that the console wasn't coming out? Are, are you, what? Like, I have no idea why they're doing this. This is the most leaked console in history. It's just ridiculous. Like, it's almost painful at this point. Microsoft's just torturing me. I've been leaking this thing for, for well, almost a year now. So, just, man, just announce it. Like, even from back in the day, mm. like, even before Lockhart and that was announced, we would, we wrote about how Project Scarlet refers to a family of consoles, not just one console, which was the first hint that Lockhart was a thing. And then we got the Lockhart code name, and it's like, oh, what the hell is that? And then we saw Lockhart as a in the code for the operating system, but that was pretty much it. It definitely, obviously exists an extra console. <sighs> yeah, and, and and Microsoft just keeps on pushing back the announcements, and Sony keeps on supposedly pushing back their stuff, and it's just I don't know. Like I thought it was going to come this week. I thought it was already going to be announced. I, I you know like I thought well they'll launch it Thursday, and then but it, I don't know. I don't think it'll be this week. I, I'm looking. I'm currently looking at the week of the 14th for them to maybe announce it at this point but uh, yeah I think it's, I think there's something imminent for this month I just don't know exactly when yet well they have it's to like, I mean, they have to announce it you have official packaging for Microsoft that people can literally buy in a store and elsewhere um, it's starting to surface so they, they can't ignore it for long plus the freaking consoles are supposed to come out in two months so I mean <laughs> they, they have to you know it's one of those things where that has to be done. Um, Xbox event, Jez. So people asked us about it. Uh, we had a couple of super chats. Uh, Microsoft also confirmed that they will be at the Tokyo Game Show, the first time in quite some time. They have a 50-minute presentation, and <laughs> I guess to manage expectations, they literally told us what to expect. So... Um, you can expect a celebration of Japanese game creators. You can expect the latest updates coming to Microsoft Flight Sim on Xbox Game Pass for PC, Windows 10, and Steam, which is a weird, weird place to talk about Microsoft Flight Sim, to me at least. Like, uh, Creativity from the Japanese Minecraft creator community. A review of first and third party announcements from recent months. And no new next-gen news, which is kind of highlighted. No new next-gen news. Um, that is so weird. Like, why? Why have such a long presentation if, there's, if they're basically downplaying their own show? Why even bother? What's the point? Is it just to, like, is it going to be 
specifically tailored to the Japanese audience, almost like an introduction to Xbox or something? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know why you would even bother showing Microsoft flights in there. Like, or maybe they're gonna like, I don't know, showcase some Japanese jets or something, Japanese airports. Um, I mean, you would think they would go heavy onto Japanese games coming to the coming to the ecosystem through Game Pass that then you could stream through XCloud. Like that's where Microsoft can make inroads in the Japanese market. Is with Game Pass and XCloud, uh, not with Microsoft Flight Sim. And the and I guess that managing expectations because people like that was one of the one of the complaints about the May show was that they hyped it up, which they did. Like I don't want to hear anybody from marketing say whatever. Like you hyped it up because there was tweets from you guys like tomorrow changes the game. Like stop it. You hyped it up. You didn't manage people's expectations properly. And when they got what they got, people were like, this isn't a good first showing. Fine, fair enough. And then the game the game showcase thing, which you tried to manage expectations, and I think you did fairly well. You know, it was just, hey, this is just about games, and that's what it was. You know, this is nothing else. There's going to be no news, no business, no nothing. So nobody was expecting price. Nobody was expecting the Series S reveal. Nobody was expecting studio announcements. So, like, you managed it perfectly. I think people were just disappointed that Halo looked like Legos, as Jed said, right? <laughs> Halo looked like Legos, and the rest of the announcements were, were CGI trailers. And um, here you go for, you know, the next event, quote-unquote, since July, and you're going to Japan, and it doesn't look like there's going to be anything noteworthy, and you're even telling people there's going to be no new next-gen news. Now, it's interesting that they word they use the word new, right? Because I thought, and I said in my video, which I made that video before Microsoft had clarified what they were doing there, and I said what they could do was announce Series S and the pricing for these consoles before TGS, and then kind of reconfirm what the pricing would be for the Japanese market, and it wouldn't be new information. Because if, because anything that's announced before them isn't new. And Microsoft... Because why not just say no next-gen news? Uh, you kind of, like, qualify the statement by saying no new, implying, like, nothing nothing brand new is going to be revealed at TGS, but something new could happen before then, so you could reveal Lockhart to the Japanese audience, but it wouldn't be a new thing because you had revealed it the week prior. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. So, so now, of course, people just are kind of getting frustrated with that, and they want... They want the they want Series S to be revealed, and they want to get a peek at some gameplay running on Series X, and I want to know the prices. So I guess my question to you, Jazz, is: Do we get the do we get the announcement of Series S and the pricing of Series X and release date before TGS happens on September twenty fourth? I want to say yes, but you can never you can never be sure with Microsoft these days. You can never be sure. So you do you think there's a possibility we could go into October? Without the reveal of Series S and without pricing on both sides, PS5 and uh, Series X, you think no, it's possible you get into October and you don't know sh- you don't know shit yet? That's scary. That's a scary thought, man. I, 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 don't, li- I don't like that. I don't like that scary thought. I think I think we get I think we get reveal of Series Series S soon. Like I said, I'm looking at the week of the 14th, and I want to imagine we get price beforehand because. 
it's starting to come out there. There's going to be a lot of free Xbox Series X promotions that are going to be starting soon. Uh, the Pringles one, which is happening in Australia, which people are using as justification for the console being $600, just like just like they used uh, for the Monster Energy Drink promotion. Uh, that one's going on. There's also, uh, even though, and it's funny, so they're using that one as proof of the system being 600 Right, and uh, not, not actually no, not Australian, uh, South African, uh, alongside the Monster Energy one. But there's also a Dollar Store Chips Ahoy promotion where five people win and you get a controller in Series X, and it says on the thing estimated retail value of 560. But it's weird that no, that the people propping up this that the Series X is going to be 600 based on these giveaways or promotions don't mention this Dollar Store Chips Ahoy one that basically says the system is 499. Do you think that's interesting, Jazz? Do you think those people have an agenda somehow? Hmm, maybe. And then, of course, there's the uh, Taco Bell, the leaked Taco Bell promotion, which isn't really a surprise that Microsoft is going back with Taco Bell. This time you just got to buy a uh, a medium or large drink, and you get a chance to win. It starts on the 24th which is the same day Tokyo Game Show starts, and it ends on November 4th, Jazz, which is two days before the 6th, which is the rumored release date of Series X, because those were the controllers were in the box. The box that said, do not display or sell before the 6th. This Taco Bell promotion ends on the 4th, so it's kind of lining Black up. Black Friday. Black Friday is the 27th, I believe. Well, I've heard that Xbox Series X will definitely be out before Black Friday, so... Well, 100%. I would imagine the PS5 will be out before the Black Friday as well. Like, uh, I guess, I, I don't know, I'm looking at either the 6th or the 13th for Xbox, but here's the thing. If I was making a brand new console, I wouldn't sell my system on Friday the 13th. I'm not a, I'm not a superstitious person. I'm not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but just... Do you believe in... Ghosts. Do I believe in ghosts? Mm. In in what manner? Like, do I believe in like like ghosts, like Ghostbusters or something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not. Re- I don't know. I've never. I've never what, had. Really? A, I've never had an experience. <laughs> I never had an experience <laughs> that made me. I'm not. Look. Not I'm not super. Ghost. I'm not superstitious, right? Do you want to be a Ghostbuster? I mean, as a kid, yeah, hell yeah. Who didn't want to be a Ghostbuster, right? I'm just saying, I'm not a superstitious person. But if I was launching a new product, I wouldn't launch it on Friday the 13th. I'm just saying. Why not? I, I'm, I'm just saying I wouldn't. If I was if I was releasing it, releasing it with the medium as a launch title, I might. Although Friday the 13th is when Call of Duty launches, so maybe the 13th would be a good, you know, you get your system and, to play the new Call of Duty and stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> the whole reason Friday the 13th is even a spooky day is because it's some movie. It's not even like an established spooky day in folklore. Is, is that the reason why people, uh, no, well 13th is supposed it's to be a superstition. Don't, Jazz, you go into a building here in the United I'm States not, that's over 13 not, floors and there's not a 13th floor. I don't know how you, many, you. I don't know how many buildings I've worked in where you would ride up the elevator, it would go 10, 11, 12, 14, 15. It skips 13 on pretty much every building that's over that floor. Even though 
you can skip 13. The 14th floor is the 13th floor. It's just not labeled man, the 13th my, floor. My opinion of Americans gets lower all the time. Excuse me? And what? What? They didn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, Friday 13th is that spooky, man. No, I, would to- I would totally release a console on Friday the 13th. But the 13th is a superstitious number. Like I said, like the building no, numbers, no, the floor 13, no. 13th, it's not there in buildings, Jez. Well, so? It's because of that dumb movie, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Noob Sabad says Rand isn't superstitious, but he's a little stitious. <laughs> Randall bloody... Man, my computer froze up there. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I hear you, yeah. Yeah. You are superstitious, man. Not, no, not really. What? You're, you're scared of ghosts? I'm not scared what of What did I ever say I was scared of ghosts? I'm not scared of ghosts. You just said you were scared of ghosts. I said I, d- I don't, I don't really think they're real. I've never, I'd, I don't, I've yeah, never. Yeah, but you know, I'm not very sure. Well, I mean, how could you be sure about anything? A supernatural. Uh, how can I be sure? You know, I don't know. I'm so just, you say you're, you're saying your ghost gnostic? Yes, go, go, yes, that would be a good way of saying. Do, it. do you watch those like those American go, like uh, TV shows where they go into the haunted house with with like GoPro cameras and stuff? Uh, yeah, I've seen some of those shows. 100, percent yeah. Someone says you're... Okay, 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 okay. The irrational fear of number 13 has a scientific name. What? What is it? Triskaid... Man, I can't even pronounce that. Triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia is is the fear of Friday the 13th. That's what you've got. I don't have a fear of Friday the 13th. You've got fear of Friday the 13th. You've got triskaidekaphobia. Mm. <laughs> uh, the, according to folklore historian Donald Dossey, the unlucky nature of number 13 originated with a Norse myth about 12 gods having a dinner party in Valhalla. The trickster god Loki was not invited and arrived as a 13th guest and arranged for two people to shoot each other with a mistletoe-tipped arrow. Mm. So now the number 13 is considered unlucky because of the Vikings. There you go. There's some history for you. I'm just going to say, Series X either comes out the 6th or the 13th, and I wouldn't be surprised if... And if it's the 6th, maybe it's PS5 comes out the 13th or the 20th. But I would imagine both consoles will be out before the 27th of Black Friday. So... Uh, Retro Retro Gamer says, have you heard anything about a Halo Infinite edition of Series X? Loving the channel and podcast from the UK. Keep it up, Filmic. Um, I haven't heard anything about a Halo Infinite edition of Series X, but now that it's delayed to 2021, maybe they could put that in the uh, the game plan, man. I don't think there would have been one for the launch of the system, but now... Especially if the game's delayed a year, like if if Halo Infinite's delayed to holiday twenty twenty one, I would I would imagine there is going to be a limited edition uh, Halo Infinite uh, Series X. Well, that I mean, they can do it now, right? Even if they weren't going to do it this year, surely with the delay, they can get silver lining out of it with some sort of cool, you know, 
uh, cool custom design and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Tony Stark, RDX, says, hey, release the console on Friday the 13th and make a special Michael Myers edition. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to <laughs> hire Xbox Pope to do that, right? Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's RDX, Devin Noonan's... Oh, no, Friday the 13th isn't Michael Myers. It's Jason. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Myers is uh, Halloween. Uh, RDX Devin Nunes Kyle says, Review Tech is calling for Series X to be delayed. That's just dumb. Uh, I, I, I have seen some of, uh, some of his videos. Uh, I usually like, like Rich's content. Uh, a couple of his videos oh, lately have been, um, uh, he's been, he's been wrong about some stuff. So, he, he's basically, he, look, I'm not hating on anybody's hustle. You know, make videos, get the views. You know, get them clicks, as they say. And he's definitely playing next-gen. Like, any sort of small information about anything. He makes a five-minute video about it. Oh, I'm really frustrated that Xbox hasn't shown, hasn't dropped any information. Five-minute video. The next day, uh, these consoles should be delayed. You know, like, any little morsel about anything. I think he's done, like, ten uh, price leak videos, uh, whether it's about Xbox or about PlayStation, right? So... To be fair, he was the first person who tweeted that um, there was going to be new leadership at 343 about a couple of hours before Dresden Schreer announced about Joseph Statton. Yeah. Chase, Ooh, that's confirmed. Breaking news. Hmm. We got some breaking news. Oh, we do. We have breaking news. What is it? Oh, never mind. It's it's not breaking news. Oh, oh. I I I misread it. I read that Fortnite player base drops by sixty percent amid fight with Apple, but it actually says Fortnite iOS player base drops by sixty percent. Oh, well, no, no surprise there. Devin says, "Hey, exactly. Him and Modern Vintage Gamer are out to lunch. Hey, MVG is pretty sweet. He's he's a cool dude." Uh. I've, I've talked to him quite a bit. Uh, MVG is a good a good guy. I've never spoken to Rich. I can only judge him on you know what he said in his videos. I, I just know that you know it's it's a it's it's his job. Like YouTube's his job. So he takes any little morsel and he just plays the algorithm game. People are looking for Xbox and PlayStation stuff. So any sort of small information he'll make a video about. Uh, I think as well, like some people sometimes tell him things and. They're, more, they're kind of like halfly, halfly true. That's not a word. I'm getting tired now because I'm making up words. Halfly. 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 Yeah. That's not even a word. Oh, my God. Uh, Spitfire Spud says, what do you think of Mecha and that being a console exclusive? Also, what about Black Myth? That would be a great console exclusive. Um, I don't really have much to say about Mecha. That's that console game that's free-to-play that was shown off in Jeff Keighley's pre-show. Um, I, I don't think it looked that good, to be honest. Hmm. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be straight up. I think like the the Xbox publishing, Xbox Global publishing has been pretty weak this year. Like, there's like a couple of good ones, like the Medium, for example. But pretty much all of those games they showed off at that event. Like, I wasn't that impressed with. They should, like, get Shannon Loftus back. Bring, Sh- bring Shannon Loftus back? Isn't she in charge of World's Edge? Edge? And 
And for the record, people people are saying when I said MVG, Modern Vintage Gamer, some people thought I was talking and uh, saying that I like MBG. Uh, no, I actually like people that know what they're talking about, so I like MVG. Modern Vintage Gamer, not uh, not the other guy. So, yeah. Um yeah, I'm trying I'm looking at the other topics we have here and I think we've pretty much covered everything. So, you know, I want to thank everybody for coming to the show. Uh we'll take a couple questions. I know Jazz is getting a little tired and I got some a couple things I need to get to get done here right after the show. So, if you got any questions, hit us up in chat and if you enjoyed the show, uh make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button, hit that notification bell. So, you know, if you want to be notified every single time we do the podcast or any of the videos, you can follow me and Jez on Twitter. All the, you know, information's in the description or on the screen. And, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, being here on this um, on this Saturday. Hopefully we'll be back a regular on Friday with more interesting things to talk about. Uh, who knows Who knows what's going to happen this upcoming week. So, uh, we got a question from East Coast that says, if I was Phil, I would look in the studio Rocket Boy games, making the game everywhere. Huge talent there can compete with Rockstar. Mm, there's not many studios that can compete with Rockstar. I'll just say that. And Rock, Studio Rocket Boy? I, I've never even heard of them. Have you? Nope. Yeah, so if I, if I haven't heard of that studio, I doubt they can compete with uh, Rockstar. So... Uh, let's see, any more questions? Uh, Ermi er, says, Jezrand, why no news on more keyboard and mouse games? Has the games list been updated, like, forever? Yeah, the, mm. what's going on with keyboard and mouse on Series X? They made a big deal out of it. They even had a partnership with Razer, and, uh, yeah, nothing, huh? I have no idea. I think they just sort of, they realized that changing console gamers' habits would probably be, like, more work than it's worth and at the same time it's like getting developers to care it's a chicken and egg thing but getting developers to care about 